Papa was a rolling stone, but now I got rolling stones in the bezel. Ice. Mama at home all alone, hustling, trying to keep this shit together. Mama. Young nigga smoking on gas, I'm living too fast, my foot on the pedal. If I go back to the past, my niggas ain't know we'll be rocking Coachella. Yes, sir. If a nigga ever try me or play me, I'll buy Back in a regular set. Mm. Back with the boys. Right, Sam? Mm, we back. With the boys? With the boys. We back with the boys. That's all that matters is the boys. <laughs> he remember that, Chris. <laughs> I don't I only remember you guys telling me that I was saying that. Yeah, it's only us. It's the boys. That's all that matters. All right. Until it comes to curly fries, you know? Hey, Until yeah, it comes to curly fries. Damn, he took curly fries curly by the bottom. <laughs> Still. Lit. Ain't this hard? Hold this, hold this, hold this. If you haven't listened to the Culture 3 album, this is just every, every song is like this. Nah, man. Okay. You, heard, you heard it? Yeah. You ain't like it? I ain't gonna speak about your kings the way you. Nah, uh, nah, 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 nah. Hold on. You always make Rachel what I say. Hold on, hold on. Let me get back to this, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, welcome back to the show. We about to argue. <laughs> <laughs> we about to fight each other. <laughs> All right, so I will start this conversation as such. I'm not a mega Migos fan. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I've said it enough times. I saw my Hold on, were you going to introduce the show? I did. Yo, welcome back. He said, hey, we're going to fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> welcome back to the Man on the Internet podcast. My name is Calvi. Over there, it's... Sunil. And over there, behind the camera, it's... Hola. The director <laughs> of Border Control. Give us an update. How's it going over there? Uh, apparently, Kamala's... Uh fighting everybody. And so. why are you going to say her name like that? Yo, so, well, hey. Yeah, Kamala. Where, where, where were Kamala. you last week on Saturday? You were stuck where? Saturday, I was stuck in Dallas. Wow, and where's what? What's going on in Dallas right now? You know, uh, <laughs> border <laughs> stuff. Is COVID? Dallas day border <laughs> stuff. Gun. Texas is one Gun. of the main states, so he was stuck there. I was trying with the border. Is Houston to near the border? It. I mean, Texas is on the border. Yeah, but Texas is the biggest. State okay, in the come planet. on, man. Like, gr- way to just go real. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. You know what the problem is? If, Ke- if Kelby doesn't make the joke, he ain't gonna let it go off. Unless he does it, unless he does it, it's like he don't gonna let it go. No, 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 he's not gonna let it go. Like he needs to be in control. No, no, no. I did not understand the joke. That's why I was like, we were just yeah. He Yo, say it again. Nah, it's killed. My bad. I really was like, well, geographically, is it? <laughs> yeah. He put on his real, like, <laughs> academic thing. Well, technically, if you think about it, it's really. And I'd be hating when people do that. South, to me. northeast. Like, yeah, just get it. Just understand <laughs> it. Now I don't get it. Yeah. My bad. All right. Well, Chris, tell us how everybody's doing over there. Kamala said, yo, you Guatemalan, stay over there. We hate you. Don't ever come back. That's not what she said at all. Oh, okay. Better. Oh, do you want to actually yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're really waiting for an update, my man. <laughs> Porter control. Yeah. I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> Google it. My work here is done. All right, let's get started on the Culture 3 album. Uh, Can I just point out the, the thing he just said in more eloquently than I'm about to describe? He I said, love it, too. I know what you're I saying. I love natural asses. Uh-huh. Unless they fake, it's totally fine if they fake. But I love, na- I mean, I like them both. He said, he said, I like the natural, but it's your body. You can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> I support the message. That's my favorite line on that song. And I think that's Hove's favorite line on the song, too. That's equality right there. Oh, I love that song. I love it. Um, all right. So 
As a person who's criticized Amigos in the past, I saw him at Coachella 20 years eight, ago. 18. Oh. 2018, 2019, one of the years, it, whatever Baychella was, I saw him. They got there 45 minutes late, maybe an hour late, something like that. Eminem started performing. The crowd flocked over to the white boy. And they came on the stage. Their mic didn't work. They had no energy. And I said, hmm, this kind of sucks. Then I saw him again at the me, the Three Amigos concert, and it was horrible. Horrible. And with that being said, I'm a kind of like, hey, cool. I think Culture 1 is a pretty good album. Culture 2 is absolutely horrifyingly bad. But Culture 3 came out. And you didn't like it. So it's not. So I what I've been seeing is a lot of lukewarm uh, praise of it. But let's not bring in. Wait, what does streets. that mean? So like people are liking it because they like the Migos. Okay. But they're saying this isn't my favorite culture album. And usually when people are saying this isn't my favorite culture album, they're just trying to say that it's not trash. Now, I don't know if it's not trash or not. What I realized about this album was I am so far removed from relating to anything that they rap about mm. that it's just like. And so then at that point, I'm looking for just entertainment music. Yeah. yeah. And th I don't think this is a very entertaining album as far as like bangers that you're going to hear in the club other than the singles that have come out already mm -hmm. or just like stuff that I'd listen to at the gym. Like mm -hmm. it's not that kind of music. The ad libs to me are the best part of their songs. <laughs> that, that's um, and <laughs> if that is the best part of your songs, then it's not really like this is what this is what I think about the Migos. I don't think they're artists in the sense of they're out here trying to push how their musicality sounds like their lyrics all this kind of stuff i just feel like they're just making songs to fit an album like it seems like they're not putting in a lot of work just from hearing wow. what it is and stuff like that i could be completely wrong maybe this is like they take after hard. take after yeah, take yeah, yeah, yeah. but it doesn't if that the finished product doesn't make me think that wow they're like really working to like what is the like what are we trying to say with this okay so hmm. album came out I got Apple Music so I it took yeah, me a little bit it took me a little bit to hear it but I heard it <laughs> and don't blame I, that on Apple Music. No, they had an issue with Apple Music. Uh, it, they came out like three, four hours late. Gotcha. Like it's always Apple Music, unfortunately, because... I thought that was the, the platform. No, well, Spotify is a platform. Spotify got like 40 oh. or 50 million subscribers. I think Apple Music got 12. Mm. Yeah, so Spotify is the place to be at. So I pop it in. I listen to a little bit of Kodak Black first because he dropped. And... Way better than that other project was unfortunate because it was a Haitian project, maybe real prideful, but it was so bad. Anyway, <laughs> I pop this in. Avalanche comes on as the first song. Now, coming off of the heels of Culture 2, a horrible album, just from beginning to end, all 89 songs. Horrible. I said, eh, if I get some more fake Travis, Travis Scott sounds on this, it's a wrap for these guys. And then Avalanche comes on, and that they got that little wavy jazz beat on there. And I said, well, wait a second here. 
And now, as a person who kind of, to be honest with you, I barely really understand what they're saying. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't want to say they're mumble rapping. I just don't understand their accent. Uh-huh. It's just like, and I'm like, okay, I can understand the, but I can't understand the actual words they're saying. So when Quavo said, there's nothing wrong with Hanson, it's yours. I was like, oh, I heard that. That's, that's a great line. And then I saw Hove text him like, yo, that Avalanche song is hot. I was like, okay, it's not just me. Then the Drake song comes on. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, eh. I played a couple more times. I was like, that was really nice of Aubrey to let these other guys rap on the song. With it. <laughs> it was about two, two and a half minutes. And then after that, I just kept on listening to it. And I said, okay, that song was good. That song was okay. That was a-. And then by the time I was completely bored of the music, there was nine songs left. That's when I said, these guys feel the pressure, A, because it's not culture too bad. It's not culture one good. It's just kind of like, you tried harder, right? But at the same time, I think that they don't really get the concept of less is more and just put out your absolute best work and make that a classic. Because I think if you put out nine songs and every single one of them was hard, we good. Right. You know what I'm saying? But 19 songs and there's three people in the group. So the song is going to be just by default, four and a half minutes. So the response that the streets is giving it is accurate. I think better than culture one, better than we expected. Not horrible. Gets to a point where it's boring, but okay. Just like, okay, this gives them one more year or two. I mean, I think they'll be relevant just because of who they're, they're famous. All. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're famous. Like, yeah. You know, obviously Cardi B's involved. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they have Atlanta behind them, you know, and stuff like that. But I mean, me it's not being like into the, like just listening to the music. Like I said, I'm just... It's not something that I'm continuously playing in my car. Other than, you know, the Avalanche song is dope. I like that And song. then the Bag Alert song, at least, you know, the hook is dope. Yep, yep, But yep. I'm saying, like, those are, like... I like the Justin Bieber feature. Uh, the Drake song was like, yeah. Drake was cool on it, but, like... Um, yeah. Like I said, it's just not anything that was memorable to me that I'm just like, yo, this song is getting bumped in my car over and over and over again. And I think that we expected that because when you put Straightening out as your lead single, which is a hard song, like it's a hard song. I liked it. I thought it was cool, but it's not a hit single. Yeah, there's no like Walk It Like I Talk It song that's, that you're playing over and over again. Even that song I thought was like, ah, that's that's the best they could have gave us. There's no bad and bougie. There's yeah. no like out of this planet. This is an right, amazing right. song that's like got everybody going crazy because bad and bougie had the backyardigans making cartoon memes and everybody was excited about it. Yeah. It was like, it was a, it would, they ran the summer with that song. Yep. But even with culture too, like walk it, like I talk it, like Drake is a feature on there. So like, what do you expect? You know what I'm saying? But so like, but that hook was hard. I, li- yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, that yeah. Like there's no song that I listen to that. I'm like, it's stuck in my head. Like normal Migos songs. Oh, you know what was another good one? Uh, Chop. um, Chop Chop Suey. I am. Yeah, I don't know. 
like Chinese food or something like that. One, one of, it was a song. Oh about, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good song. Mm-hmm. To me, I could never understand why motor mo- motocross became a big song. I just don't get it. It's not a good song at Wasn't all. Wasn't that with uh, that Nikki has some and, yeah big yeah. features? That's why just and the drama around that song, right? Yeah, but even then, it's like it's just not a good song. So it's just like I I just don't understand the appeal, the mass mega appeal. But I do think that these guys are superstars in Dude, the way what that they, they look like at the Logan Paul. They look great at the yeah. fight, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul fight. Yeah, they have that style. Like, and I think they're mm-hmm. they're hood, but they're like different hood. You know what I mean? They're not. Yeah. They 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 got the that outcast vibe. Definitely, they definitely have that. They 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 have this like futuristic thing yes. to them. I think that their persona is more special, more powerful, more great than any of their music. Yeah, to be honest with you, like just hearing Quavo say like, "I got a movie with Robert De Niro." Uh, yeah, was a, you know where I was like, "Okay, I'm excited about this." You know, for these guys, but the actual album, it's like I understand for a while they ran the place with the flow, the 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 flow, but like it's been like seven years. It's not even. Involved. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like they're artists that are constantly trying to like change. Push. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're not hearing that evolution in their music where you're like, oh, these guys are growing. It's like the same stuff, and I'm just like, all right. Yeah, and I and I and I get that. Um, but best luck to these guys. I don't hate the album. I thought it was cool. I thought it was a nice effort. Little C plus. I don't actually think I've listened to the whole thing. Yeah, I sure didn't. Um, but I I'm pretty sure I got eighty percent of the way through, and then after that, I was just like, I don't know which song this one is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I got a question for y'all. What what like as men on the internet. I'm a man in real life, too. Back is killing me. Okay. What does self-care, because, you know, everybody be talking about self-care now. Right. Self-care season, it's blah, blah, blah. What does that mean to you as a person? Oh, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest answer. <laughs> you know. I mean, you know what it is. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, making sure your mental health is good. Don't well, stress yourself out too much. Don't well, stress how, about a lot of things. If well, you how do, could you not? Like some people are just wired that way. True, but uh, at some point you got to sit, breathe. Uh, I don't think people are wired to be stressed. I think some people are. That's why they got to take that Xanax. And I don't think that's because they're wired that way. I think that's repetitive, repetitive thoughts that they continue to allow themselves to think. That have caused them to be this way, and it's been for so long that they can't remember a time when they weren't that that way. So here's the thing: when people like, pe- sometimes people feel like, "Oh, this is just the way that I am," and that's just because they can't remember a time when they weren't that way. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's the way that you always were. When we were babies; we weren't stressed about. Well, it. what are we? Ultimately, aren't we just a mixture of everybody we've ever met? Or what we've allowed ourselves to be. So, like, think about, you know, when you think about just thought processes, if you constantly always look at things in a negative way, Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to become a negative person. But that doesn't mean you don't have the ability to be a positive person. It's just your default is in this way because you've allowed it. It doesn't mean you have to be stuck like that. But I don't actually think that that's necessarily true. 
I think that there is a space for a person who uh, who assesses things in a negative way because they're playing that if it will go wrong, it'll go wrong game. But in general, they're just totally fine. They're just kind of messed up in the head. That makes what no what? sense. Whatever. That, you, you understand what I'm saying? You can't be fine and be messed up in the head. It, How does that make sense? Someone who's a pessimist, but or no, who's a realist? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Like somebody who's realistic about everything, where it's like I'm not looking at this in a positive way or a negative way. I'm just taking it for what it is. Yeah, but a realist isn't a pessimist. A pessimist is somebody who constantly tries to look for the negative in things. Mm. A realist is taking in the situation and. Coming up with you know the reality, what some the reality is not always going to be negative. What do you think you are? Oh, I'm an optimist. Really? Yeah. What about you? I would say the same. Shoot, I'm really good at because like with Jessica and I, she's very much like she sees like this is gonna go bad. This is the worst that could happen. (laughs) Here we go, and I'm like relax, like relax, take a breather, look at it from this point of view. If it goes this way, cool. If it doesn't, we do this. There's always a solution. So it's like. So are you guys yin and, yin and yang? Pretty much. When it comes to stuff like that, when it comes to like big decision making stuff, like with her school or with her job and stuff like that, like it's. Come to yin you and yang. Talk to you. That's why you guys have been able to rise so strong for 18 years. Yeah, for 18 and a half. Even 22 the last week, just yeah, in a week, bro. Yeah, man. Fact, for four or five years. Yeah, yeah, they about to hit that silver anniversary. Hey, <laughs> right <now>. platinum. <laughs> but you know what's, what, silver to platinum. What's, what's, crazy, <laughs> Wait a minute. what's crazy is um, I used to be like when I was in the negative uh, mentals, um, I was very pessimistic. So now I'm starting to feel like real good about like life in general again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and not because of what's going on, but because I I physically been like mentally like focusing on trying to get back or putting things in perspective. And I, I've been having those out of body experiences where I'm just like, dude, like, like you're really back to a good place, you know, mentally. And what do you think back. changed? Time, circumstances. Uh, putting things in perspective, um, you know, focusing on uh, giving your patience with yourself, I think is a big thing, like having patience with yourself, not beating myself up though. self because I think a lot of times we, we talk to ourselves so much more than we talk to anybody else. Right. That right, mental right. thought process. And we uh, it's sometimes it's just like um, we don't pay attention to that voice and but that's constantly in our ears. So if that's what you're hearing all the time, eventually, like you said, it's going to wire you a certain way, but it's not that you're wired that way. You've allowed it just like working out. Right. So if you don't work out for a long time, that weight that you used to be able to lift feels heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're constantly working out, then you're pushing yourself. You're like, dang, I feel really, really strong. Mm -hmm. It's not because you're naturally that way. It's because you've built yourself to be that way. Do you talk to when you talk to yourself? Do you say things that like, like I, okay? I'll, I'll give you an example. Like for me, <clears throat> I I speak to myself as if I'm like your friend. Always no no no. Uh, I, like I'm like I'm always accomplishing something that is the next level of crazy, like almost impossible. And I always am telling myself like. Like, I literally will tell myself, like, if you give up right now, you're not who you say you are. Whenever I would go to the gym. There we go. You know, like, whenever I would go to the gym, um, 
and I know that I'm I'm dying. Like I feel like I like I you, you know the pain. Yeah, yeah. Like when you when you do too much cardio, you get that little pain. I would just kind of tell myself like if you ter- take that machine from level twelve to level nine right now, you're giving up and and you're not who you say you are. And I tend to have this this thing where I automatically go to the next level, even though I feel like I'm dying. And I think Chris has probably seen that before because Chris went to the gym with me and I, were you the one that threw up or was it Beatty? No, it was Beatty. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just kept taking breaks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the average person would just see me and would not expect that I'm in there like going crazy. And so I, that's where like, that's why I like to work out by myself because I'm truthfully speaking to myself right. for two hours telling myself what I need to hear because the worst thing that happens to me is the moments before I fall asleep, all the worst thoughts come out. Mm. Mine are in the morning. Mm. Why? I don't know. I just noticed that like, and what's crazy is when I was in a bad mental space, my conversations with myself were just putting myself down. Dude, how are you still thinking this way? Why are you such a loser? Like, why are you allowing yourself to be affected by this? Like, dude, you're such a, you're so like, just negative, like just beating myself up. Now my conversations are, bro, it's all good. It's a process. (laughs) You're good, man. You've come through, you've come a long way, man. I love you. You always got me here. Like, I'm like, I'm talking to myself as if I'm a, like, best hype man, best friend in my, in my head. And it's like changed a lot of just how I perceive things. So even if things hadn't changed in my life, as far as like, um, like getting the, accomplishing the things that I wanted to get, how I was feeling was changing a lot just because like the, um, the way that I was just mentally like, um, I guess talking to myself. And I think a lot of times we're not, um, when, when I notice that people that I talk to are unhappy, I think they don't actively understand that, they're getting 90% negative feedback from themselves at all times. Mm -hmm. And so even if they get, uh, have a conversation that's good, have like a moment that's positive, they, it doesn't, um, it doesn't compare to the 90% of just negative stuff that they're telling themselves all the time that they're constantly feeling negative. Yeah. I, I, I've actually met a few people like that recently where I had a conversation with this woman and, you know, she's not like a young woman. She's not old either, but she's just kind of like in her 40s. And I was like, tell me a little bit, uh, a little bit about how you see yourself. I don't want you to tell me about yourself. I just want to see I want to know about how you see yourself, because people often say, like, I come off uh, like rather confident. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she told me. She was like, I can't be like you who walks around with the confidence on your forehead. And I was like, well, tell me how you think about yourself, because I don't actually think that I do that. But if I do, it's because I really feel like I am mm-hmm. whoever I say I am. And it was the longest, most saddest hour of conversation I've had in a long time. Somebody who just thinks that they're completely worthless. And I don't clear. I mean, I'm not a professional, but what do you even say to that? When somebody says, like, I'm literally worth nothing. Mm. What have I said in the past when I've dealt have with you, that? You've been in that? Yeah. Oh, shoot. What did you say? 
Um, I just start out small because at that time, at that point, the worst thing you could do it's just like any type of growth, right? When you work, I always try to put things back into perspective as far as like working out. Cause I think that's something that most everybody can understand in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't worked out in a long time is the best thing to do is try to max out on the weight that, you know, you used to do four yeah. years ago. Yeah. When yeah. you were at your strongest, no, what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. Right. Yeah. So the worst thing you could do is try and fix a lot immediately right Mm -hmm. so it's baby steps so um you know the industry that i used to be in i used to deal with you know coaching motivating and a lot of it was just like fixing a person or working towards um fixing like certain things about people's confidence and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. so whenever i I came across somebody who was extremely down on themselves and always saw things in a negative perspective didn't believe in themselves same type of thing where they just felt like you know i'm I'm worthless i'm this and that it's it starts small like every single day i want you to write down one thing Mm -hmm. that was positive about the day and it's just getting them into the mindset of seeing positive things. And then it's like build it up to two, build it up to three. And it's the same type of thing whenever I'm trying to get somebody to like want to work out and stuff. It's not go out and, you know, spend an hour a day. It's like, you know, wake up. Here's an easy, easy workout. Do this for 15 minutes a day. Mm. And then what happens after you start doing it regularly, you get addicted. Yeah, and then that 15 minutes. You start minute, seeing them results. Yeah. Yep. Even if you don't see results, you just start feeling better. And now that 15 turns to 20, turns to 25, turns to 30. That's what happened with this like 12 week challenge that we're doing. Like mm-hmm. I was so out of shape when we started <laughs> and I was trying to do these hour, hour and hour. I was just getting so like tired, like physically tired. The next day. And I'm just like, dude, like, why am I trying to do what I used to do when I was like in my good shape like a year ago a year and a half ago i'm like let me just start out with like 15 20 minutes and then not beat myself up for mm-hmm. only working 20 out 20 minutes mm-hmm. now it's like 45 minutes an hour hour and a half like so. now it's like gotten a lot better but it goes back to you talking about like what are those conversations like it's like not beating myself up for not working out an hour it's like uh like it's saying hey dude you at least did better than not doing anything today Good for you. Now we need to get, we're not anywhere where we need to be, but you, you took the first step Mm -hmm. and like that mentality. Then the next day I'm waking up early to go try to do 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Like, you know, just setting little goals where instead of trying to win it all in one, one, uh, one day. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's important. Um, it's important because even for me, like as a person who puts a lot of pressure on myself and I feel like I like to be in a, in a situation where I feel like my back is against the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why my, my self-talk comes with, with challenge. Like it comes with, you need to overcome this thing, but there are plenty of times where I don't, right. There have been times where I worked out for five minutes and Mm -hmm. I left the gym and I was just like, this ain't it. Right. (laughs) But then I always say like, Okay, let me first analyze, like, why was today not a good day right? for for what I wanted to accomplish? And how am I going to make up for this situation tomorrow and the day after and the day after? So with that being said, it's like, yes, sometimes I'm not who I say I am. Sometimes I'm not. And that's okay, because ultimately there's going to be this next challenge, a bigger wall for me to climb. And when I do that and I spin all the way down to the other side, that's when I turn around and I go, man, I remember three miles ago, that wall looked so far away. Mm -hmm. It looked so big. How can I ever accomplish this? And then all of a sudden, when your feet hit the ground on the other side, you turn around and you're like, it wasn't even that big. Yep. So... 
Uh-huh. A serious question though, Chris. Um, Hello. your inner voice is it in uh, English or Spanish? Both, man. <laughs> Have you ever asked your parents? Are you do, do your does your mom and dad speak to you more in Creole, French, or in English? Uh, my dad speaks to me in French. My mom speaks to me in English, and most of my like elder family they speak to me in English or Creole. I was I asked my dad that once. I was like, Dad, do you think in English or do you think in our our mother tongue, Skonkani? I was like, or do you think in Konkani? And he's like, he like he looked at me and he was just like, he's like, I never thought about that, Sunil, but I think I think in English. Mm. And I was like, that's what I'm saying. Like we don't even pay attention to our inner voice. Yep. Yeah. And it's like if you take that moment to ask yourself, like, what am I actually telling myself on a regular basis? A lot of how we think, a lot of where our problems stem from, I bet could be solved by just paying attention to the inner voice that we're saying. Because I think there's a lot of not, there's people that aren't negative, but are feeling negative and tend to be negative just because their inner voice has gone into this negative space. Mm -hmm. And then you got to focus on changing that inner voice. And then all of a sudden you'll start seeing different results in your, in your, in your life as well. Do you have to lie to yourself sometimes? I don't even think it's a lie. But do you have to? No. Because you, even when you said, um, I'm not always who I say I am, mm-hmm. I, I think that's not accurate because you're still holding yourself accountable. Like, who you say you are is always who you say you are. Who it, it, You're still becoming that thing. Mm-hmm. So even these hurdles, even Superman had hurdles. Even Superman had a kryptonite. Does that make him not Superman? That he had his weak moments. Well, I think I think the difference with that is he's always going to be Superman, right? Right. But is he going to be the person who's ready to save the entire city? Maybe not. You know what I'm saying? That's what I mean to say. It took Jesus 33 years to save the the, the entire planet. But he was always Jesus. He was always Jesus, but so he at, still had to work. But that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that same person that accomplished it. Still had to go through that process. Exactly. I, I I think I mean it in the sense of like, yeah, I'm me, but like the title I give to myself. Right. It's just like, did I earn that today? You know, that's and, a great way of thinking about things Did I yeah. earn today. Yeah. That. And I think that's important. Like to me, I was just speaking to the this lady yesterday where I was like, I really don't see the value in paying people in their time. Right. Because like ultimately people do whatever they want with their time and they don't offer it to their to their work all the way right like the average person in an, in an office is working like 60 percent of the time right so to me it's like okay if we at, at your job you continuously have projects to work on you just have sometimes they're big sometimes they're small so i think like why don't we work on this system where we are accomplishing things and we are compensated for that and i take that thinking back into my own personal self where i'm like okay I am not going to compensate myself for waking up. It's not even my doing, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to compensate myself for just taking a shower. I'm going to compensate myself for turning around and saying that right there, I'm going to do that. I don't have to, but if I want to reach a certain level or a certain place or whatever it is that I want to do, I'm going to make the decision to do that. And then the second decision is I'm going to make the honest decision to do my best at it because there's been plenty of times where I've done things and I just do 60% of it. Mm. It's done, but at 60% quality. And then I turn around and I say, I should not reward myself the same way as if when I gave myself 
one when I gave that project one hundred percent of me. What are some of the rewards you give yourself? Well, I think some of the reward is is a the satisfaction of completion. Like whenever I complete something, I it it's like a certain hit of dopamine that just mm-hmm. like rushes through my body. For sure. You know, and, and that's the first one that I'm like looking forward to because a lot of the decisions that I make affect other people. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, okay, the fact that this has been accomplished is such a wonderful thing because it means someone else's life is easier or it gives them, you know, a certain purpose or whatever. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I often will find uh, another issue. Like, let's say I I worked and I'm, I'm compensated for what I do. And then I'm like, okay, like right now I've, I've been working on like getting debt free, you mm-hmm. know? And one of the greatest feelings, like yesterday was such a good day because I was just walking around, just feeling this idea of like, dude, I cannot even believe that once I put my mind to being on this, this track, how far I've gotten, you know, and, and making the choice of like, okay, I'm going to buy this car cash. I don't want to have this, this thing hanging over my head anymore. Right. And then like, I just, I just was telling Chris this like before we started the podcast, like I got the car waxed and I just felt so happy because I was like, this is mine. Right. You know, and that right there is satisfaction for me because I'm walking around without this lug that I used to have on me. It feels amazing, you know? And now like I'm a, I'm a spontaneous traveler. You know, that's what I like to do. I like to get in a car and just drive away. So now I feel like, Coming up soon in the next season of my life, you know, that's going to happen a lot more, especially as a person who's like super dedicated to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I give too much of myself to it. And and too much is not an, not to say like I need to cut, cut back, but sometimes I need to cut back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just do something a little bit bigger than what I did last time, you know, because wh- like all work, no play. Right. It's just. What's the point? That's right. Exactly. And it's been all work for years and years and years. Right. So that's and you've seen the results of that, though, too. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so so these type these are the type of things that like I really enjoy, you know, and I also really enjoy helping other people, you know, get get to the position like that. So for sure. And going back to your original question about self self care, I think it's, it's important for me. I know that like it's a few things like mentally mental stability as far as like making sure mentally you're in a happy place and then looking like feeling good about yourself like how you look how you feel and not just like in a i mean obviously there's going to be a superficial type of mentality as well but like also just how you feel like i hate like what i noticed going through this 12-week challenge is like dude i used to just stuff myself where i was just like Unlike I wasn't even feeling good. Like I'd eat so much food that I'd be like, ugh, just like mm-hmm. I felt like um in um remember in Charlie and Chocolate Factory where that girl turned into like the the plum or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Like that's how I would feel. <laughs> like I'm just like stretching my stomach like as yeah, far out as it yeah. can go. And I was just like, dude, why was I doing that to myself? Like yeah, yeah. it's just more pain than actual enjoyment. It's just the moment of eating that food that gives you that sense of satisfaction just right there in the moment. What I've learned from this 12 week challenge is like, I'm tracking everything I eat Mm -hmm. and the calories add up fast. Right. Right. But I've noticed that at the end of the day, um, sometimes I will feel hungry. 
like I'll feel like my body's telling me like, dude, you are hungry. But then I look back and I see, well, what did I eat today? And it's like, okay, you ate 3,200 calories. Why do you feel hungry still? Like what, why is that feeling weighing over your head? And then, I, and then I'm like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and challenge myself today to see, well, Am I going to wake up in the morning? Like, can I go to bed feeling like this and wake up in the morning? I wake up in the morning and, and like, I try not to eat after 7 p.m. too. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that's that a lot of my fitness friends feel like that's not a real thing, but it's it helps me a lot. Right. You know, um, the intermittent and, fasting type stuff. Um, I, I don't know if I really call it intermittent fasting because it's not what I register it as in mm -hmm. my head. I just say, like, I know that I would go home at midnight with bags of chips burgers and whatever and then we'd go to bed right after and it would just be hard to fall asleep and you just feel your stomach just like blah, 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 you know and it was just like blah. but now there's this sense of peace like when you fall asleep it's just like you almost feel light like mm -hmm. ah, okay and then in the morning i wake up and i go exercise and it's like oh this isn't this didn't stop me from being me right and i think that over a, a, a period of time my body will just be forced to understand like hey dude you don't need 6500 calories a day to be fine <laughs> you know what i mean yeah it's just it's just that recalculation and i think the first week is hard you know because your body is used to burger king or mcdonald's or gummy and bears maybe not me. even your body is more like mentally. yeah your mind right and yeah. then your body starts reacting to what your mind says right and then you're like oh shoot okay you know but if i know for me i had a caffeine problem you know like i would just consistently drink things to keep me up but the moment i started cutting that out i realized that i didn't have some of the same aches that i used to have when it came around eating because once I hit my like my cap for the day, 3,200, 3,400 calories a day or something. And then if I had an energy drink or if I had coffee or something like that, it runs through my body where now I have to eat another meal. Mm. You know? And then once I realized that, I'm like, OK, let me actually just cut down on the caffeine. Let me just put it down. And I'm like, oh, snap. I went the whole day. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's cool, man. So it, it's. Is there anything like you guys actually say like I'm gonna do this to make myself feel better? Um, in general, or like when I'm really feeling down. Um, something that maybe you just practice. It doesn't have to necessarily be like something you do to recuperate your, you know, to recover. So I realize when I'm setting goals, accomplishing goals, I'm in a better mental state. Mm -hmm. So it's more about like actually following through on the things that I'm telling myself I want to do. Yeah. So like waking up at a certain time every day doing not necessarily every day, but when I tell myself I want to wake up at this time and I want to do this in the morning before I have to like get ready and go to work, like little things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, when I actually do it and I could look back at the day and be like, wow, I actually accomplished everything that I said I was going to do today. Mm -hmm. I did. And, uh, I think that's like, and then you string enough of those days together. You're like, wow, I accomplished a lot this week. Mm. And wow, I accomplished a lot this month, you know? And like, yeah. that's kind of where the mentality was. And like, to be honest, as far as like the, the 12 week challenge, the first four weeks were trash. 
Yeah, like, same I for me. Like these, the these eight weeks. So we go into August first. So there's six weeks left, and I've like calculated what I want to get to and all this kind of stuff. But it's really the twelve week challenge turned into eight week challenge for me. Dude, I almost want to like push it a little bit. <laughs> but no, I think it's good. Like because I probably think that most people that do the 12 week challenge it's not a full 12 weeks it's actually probably four weeks of mentally getting yourself into the right mind state mm-hmm. and then eight weeks of actually doing like of rhythm work yeah yeah rhythm uh i feel the same like i i definitely felt like i put the work in like i was going to the gym and i was feeling fine and everything like that but my biggest issue is not getting into a rhythm it's the food like the food is so difficult because at all points in time i feel hungry Mm. you know um so that's why i had to start writing it down and start like really figuring out okay well let me do this mathematically um even though my body says I may be hungry, but it's like, dude, you ate a lot today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. It's it's just it's a tough. I think every everybody has a different, you know, difficulty. You know, for you, maybe it was getting into that rhythm of just being like, Okay, let me get into this. You know, what about you, Chris? Uh, for me it's just uh it's a little bit of the to actually get myself to do it, a little bit of a motivational thing. Um, once I'm in it, I'm in it. Like I've been trying to do more bike rides and I'm watching what I eat. Like, I realize if I have something really big, I'm, like, slow it down for the next meal. I, like, have, like, it's portion control for me. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I'll eat healthy stuff, no problem. I'll just end up eating three plates of it, though. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, never mind. <laughs> I just undid everything I just did. Yeah. But it, for me, it's, like, portion control. I really have to watch that. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's what I have to look The binge eating, man. Woo! That could definitely get to me, too. Eating just to eat? Binge eat, yeah. And you just, like... Just eat everything instead of like just portion control. Like those services, I understand why, you know, people use them where just like the pre-planned meals are oh, just man. like so helpful. all like every single workout, you know, person on YouTube or Instagram or whatever, like, you know, the, the amount of preparation that they do each week to be able to maintain what they have or is it's remarkable, you know, yeah. and it's discipline. Like it's true. The more disciplined you are, the more freedom you have, the more. Like, and that's the biggest thing is like just discipline. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I, I've even considered getting on those things because like something about the food that I make, like even if it tastes good, I just don't want to eat it. You know? And for most people, I think it ends up becoming cheaper because so like people that aren't, that just eat out all the time, mm-hmm. you know, you think about it, you spend so much like yeah. on food if you eat out like for lunch if you go to work and you go out to lunch you're spending 10 15 bucks and then fast too and, yeah and then mm-hmm. dinner you come home you're spending another so you're spending like 20 30 bucks a day on food uh like in a week what that's almost like you know 200 plus dollars yep, yep. when i worked at the mall we worked at the mall mm-hmm. um i was making 980 an hour mm-hmm. and well, one day I went to go see my girlfriend after work, and she was like, um, "How what? How do you eat lunch? Do you take lunch to work?" I was like, "No, I, I eat at the food court every day." She's like, "You eat at the food court every day? How much you spend on a meal?" I was like, "About ten bucks." She was like, "So you spend an hour's worth of work mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. to eat?" I was like, "Dang." <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's about how that works. <laughs> so she only making seven or. Yeah, if I worked a full shift, um, you're only making seven hours of work a day. Less than that. Less than that. Yeah. I was like, dang, that's 
deep. That's facts. <laughs> <laughs> you just hit me there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is it is difficult, I think, especially, like, if you're not somebody who's skilled in the kitchen or you don't want to be or it's hard. Like, it's very, for me, it's the time that it takes to cook things. It's just like, oh, my gosh, another thing in my day where... You know, it's difficult. So I'm I'm definitely an, uh, like I, I want to eat, eat out as much as possible because it's like faster, but it's also not a good strategy. Like everything is a more expensive nowadays, you know, and uh, I also have an issue where like I'll make food and I don't know how to calculate it per se. Like I, I, I know how to calculate it when I'm making it. But then when I eat it, my body's registering it as like you did not eat anything at all, you know. And so it's just again like training yourself your mind and your body to be um used to these other options just like cooking at home you know and and making a meal that makes sense for your body and things like that but it takes a while like honestly it i would have to do it for 21 days straight for my body to be like okay fine mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just reprogramming your mind because you would get used to the overeating when in actuality you're overeating, but we've made that overeating what normal eating is. Yeah. So that's why that's when you actually regularly eat, you're supposed to be a little bit hungry, but really? to you, you feel a little bit hungry, but that's just normal. Whereas we register it as hungry, but that's what you should be normally feeling like. And, and it, you're right because I sleep through the night, wake up, exercise in the morning with you know technically nothing in my stomach and everything is fine you know but that's always my test my barometer of saying like okay if i cannot exercise in the next morning and sometimes i've definitely gone too little you know where it's like oh i ate a salad today good to go right and then the next morning you're all uh, dizzy yeah yeah, yeah them stars. so then you have to yeah you have to like <laughs> you know yeah you don't want to go opposite extreme yeah balance it and figure it out and that kind of thing but like it definitely is a, a, a good way of of understanding like who you truly are and putting things into perspective um and for me like it's tough because i'm I'm a, a scale watcher, right? Like I try not to be, but to me, it gives me that little sense of like, I see uh, compensation for what I've been doing. Right. So right now it's like, even though I'm not exercising per se, it's really about what I eat, which is super important. Um, I saw Ron Perlman actually posted something the other day that he had lost 20 pounds just on diet alone. Mm. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, damn, that's like, for most, I would say a majority of people changing their diet will change, like start out like they'll lose so much weight just from changing their diet, mm -hmm. and then at a certain point, then obviously you know working out is important too. But yeah, yeah, hit that maintenance point, maintenance yep. level. We can't all unfortunately be Chad Davis, but <laughs> Shad, you know we're getting there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's good. I I, I hit a, a point a few years ago where I used to go to a spa. Um, I would never tell like realistically anybody that I was going to go because I felt like <sighs> you ever you ever feel like there are things you don't want people to ask you about. Um, no, nah, I've never thought those thoughts. My social security number. <laughs> yes. That private. No, I, I have like certain things about me that like I I will tell somebody like my mom. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to just go do this thing. And in your brain, you're just like, I'm simply informing you. Like, I'm just telling you this. 
And then they come back with 90 questions and it's just like, it wrecks everything, mm. you know, because it's just like, I didn't mean to have a conversation about this. Right. I just wanted to let you know. And so this was my one thing that I was just like, going to go and never like, I would just leave, you know, what kind of spa? So it was this spa in Orange County where it has a cold pool and a warm pool and a hot pool and three or four different types of saunas. So it was mm. like a, uh, wooden sauna, a dry sauna. They have the wet one. Like it was just really cucumbers fantastic. on your eyes and stuff like that. No, no, no. It was all. It wasn't necessarily like a spa like that. It was just more like if you have mun- muscle tension, oh, like you can, more relaxation. Yeah, like it, it. It was relaxing, but it was also more like, yeah, like like helping your muscles loosen up. Like if you had a lot of tension, you go so you were into doing the, it for your back. Um, I wasn't really thinking about why I was doing it. I just uh, found it on Groupon, and I went one time, and I was there. Like I, I was in the cold pool, I was in the hot pool. I stayed in a sauna for a while, and I just left there like on cloud nine. Like I was walking, I was I was hovering back to my car, and I was just like, "Whoa, wait a second. And then they have this like red rock thing cave. You could lay under it for a while. I don't know what it does to your body, but it feels amazing. And then they have the exact same one, but it's blue and it's cold and it's just dry rocks and you just lay under it and it just feels really amazing. So by the time you get back to your car to drive back home, you're just like, whoa. Do they give you like a robe and stuff like that? Or are you when it's you're actually clothes? nude? Wow. Yeah. And it, did you get nude? Yeah, you got to. Hey. Yeah, it was, it was like, I went with other people too. Yeah, everybody's there. Everybody's naked. Yeah. That's dope. Interesting. Yeah. Is this legal? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Is this nudity, a brothel? It's, it's not illegal. Well, there's a side for men and a side for women and then a side for both. And then they had, like, one time I I felt a little uncomfortable. I saw some kids in there. Like, but... I was just like, all right. <laughs> but I think the kids maybe wore boxers or something like that. I don't really know. But I, I went there, I think, every other Sunday and would just kind of chillax, give my body. And then I met some people there who were like doctors and high stress job people. And they were just like, dude, I have three or four kids at home. I have so much work to do. But like I come here and I just let my body and my mind just go are people like talking to them each other and stuff in it um sometimes like you can you can go in there and real like really just go into the the three or four i think it's like four, four pools and just let the hydrogen hydroxin pump whatever hit your back and hit your arm and all this stuff and loosen your entire body up and then there's a place where there's a pool that doesn't have any of that stuff it's just kind of like i want to say it's like mineral water and that's where kind of everybody's just kind of like, oh, we can have a conversation here and whatever. And then in the sauna area, if you want to, you can talk to people. But most people, like, they'll talk a, a little bit. And then after a while, they're really there just just chilling. Yeah, hey, I, I like when I, when the gyms have the saunas and stuff like that. I used, always used to spend like 10, 15 minutes in the sauna after my workout. Mm-hmm. And I hated when people came in naked. Two things are really annoyed me in the sauna is when people come in all the way naked and then two when they like work out in the sauna Ugh. are they working out in the sauna yeah it's always old people they're always like doing like 
lunges and like stuff like that. I'm just like, dude. Yeah. Relax yourself right now. Like just sit in here. Like, <laughs> no, and, and that time it was it was very relaxing. It was um, very fulfilling, and uh, it it felt wonderful. Like to be honest with you, I I uh, and it was only nineteen dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, it was only nineteen dollars. You could pay more to get a massage too. for an hour. Uh, you can go as much as you, as long as you want. Wow. Yeah, you. That's I, a really good deal, then. Yeah, and then they have massage chairs. Like, if you want to sit in the massage chairs and watch like Korean movies and stuff, it, it's <laughs> real dope. Um, they do give you robes for the massage chair area mm-hmm. and for the men and women area. But it was something that I did for a few months and would just like I, a I enjoyed the drive to go all the way to Orange County. I'd sit there and talk to myself in the car, and it was it's a solid hour, you know. And then go in there one time i went in there for like four hours wow. and then i came out and i was just like damn i was in there for a long time but the rest of the week i remember like skipping to work i was like <laughs> man i feel so good like my arms feel good everything feels so good my skin looked good everybody was like wow your skin looks amazing wow you know you watch any of the um fights this weekend i didn't even know that they were happening until today so there was like actual fights right the ufc was there and then um there was a Shakur Stevenson was fighting boxing, but then there was the TikToker versus YouTube fight. I saw that. So I think the weekend kicked off with Aaron Carter versus Lamar. Yeah. Did you watch the clip of that? I saw the clip of Aaron Car- Carter doing what he got to do to survive. He didn't survive. <laughs> he didn't survive, but I mean, he, he was like, he really gave Lamar Odom two or three little punches. Dude, that, that was, was a mess. Was it? Dude, at least the clip that I saw. I didn't watch it, but... Somebody on Instagram put together this this uh, thing. I think it was McDojo Life, this page that I follow that always talks about, like, fake martial arts and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had, like, this interview that Aaron Carter said that he's, like, a second-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu or something like that. <laughs> okay. And then they showed him, like, in that match with Lamar Odom getting his ass beat. And then, uh, then they, like, Went to this other clip where he said, I said it wrong. I'm actually not a second degree black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm like a sixth degree black belt in, um, in like Taekwondo or something like, like, um, Muay Thai. And like, <laughs> it was just a mess. I mean, everybody's trying to catch this wave that Logan Paul and Jake Paul are doing, but I don't know. I think the TikTok YouTuber thing though was kind of big. Yeah. I, I mean, didn't I know a little baby there. Yeah, I didn't know any of these guys. Like, I saw somebody posted up. Maybe academics posted uh, a thing about it. I, I seen it all over Instagram today. And so then I, I saw clicked Austin on McRoom. Yeah, I clicked on those people. I had no idea who they were, and I was like, "Dang, they have like seven million followers and stuff like that." Yeah. Who are they? What are so, they? So Austin McBroom, he's from the Ace Family. The um, who's the Ace Ace Family? What's on that? YouTube. They're uh, they're I want to say the biggest vloggers on YouTube. They're the biggest the, like family. Log. Yeah, they're the you biggest. You knew about them too. Uh, we found out about them together. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, like a, couple, a year or two ago. And then I like found that. out my friend is friends with him. Wow. With Austin, what's his name? McBroom. Sure. And then who's yeah. the other guy? And the other guy is um, there's a girl on you on uh, TikTok who she's super famous. Her name is uh, Aiden Ray. She does dances. She's like a the one of the original like white girl dance things on mm-hmm. tiktok that's her ex-boyfriend and i didn't really know it was happening to be honest with you like i just i did i thought it was a tiktok fight some people wrote talk talk i was like what what but then i eventually found out it was youtube versus tiktoker and i guess the 
ex-boyfriend of Aiden Ray was talking a lot of trash, saying he also said that he has some kind of black belt in this, that, and the third. And Austin Groom punched his face off. Right. <laughs> it wasn't close. That's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. close. Yeah. Because he, he, I saw the uh, when they were talking beforehand, and Austin said something, and the other kid, like, went off and, like... Like, oh, was that the thing I sent you? Yeah, yeah, the way you sent. I thought that was like actual fighters. No, nah, that was man, them. it got spicy in the pr- press conferences and oh, stuff. Oh, so I didn't they even recognize fought. that was oh, them. Yeah, not, yeah. not the one you sent me yesterday. Oh, okay, no, no, it was an older one. Oh, okay. But he said like one little thing and the other. Nah, kid this was went like a few weeks ago when they did their press conference. Like yeah. they got they got into a squabble. What? Yeah, they actually fought, and then um, and then yeah, I mean. All of this stuff just makes me feel really old because, you know, like when you're younger, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be like my parents and not know like what's yeah. going on with the younger generation. But I have no idea. Like, Yeah, it, it's it's not that you're not going to be able to. It's that there's so much. Yeah, yeah that it's hard to catch. <laughs> and it's just what like the, the, the younger generations into now so much. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I truly am just like that old dude that's like, I don't get it. Like, why is this? Well, the thing is, like. YouTube has a language, mm-hmm. right? YouTube has language, the what's up, guys? Smash the button, subscribe, all yeah. that stuff, right? It's That's like YouTube language. But TikTok is completely different. Like, TikTok is a generation of inside jokes, inside of j- inside jokes, inside of inside jokes. And then you, like, if you were not present for those inside jokes a year and a half, two, three years ago, then you're just completely lost. And and mm-hmm. then it's like, it's, it makes sense because A, TikTok is still technically brand spanking new. And there's plenty of people that just don't even have the app, you know, and if like you, me, yeah, like you, like, you know, some people don't want it for China reasons. Some people don't want it for a reason of like, oh, I just don't want it. I, I didn't want it. I was just like, this is for kids. And then I got on it and I was like, damn, this app is amazing. Right. So it's like, if you, if you just don't get into every single app, it doesn't even make you old. It just makes you like, dude, I have things to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get stuck. And I get confused Still, yeah. about like watching a hundred people do the same 30 second dance. It's like, all right, what's the end? Dances thing ain't even a thing anymore. I mean, like, it know, kind of bro, is like, for, like, the girls on TikTok. You, do you get those? Right, right, right. Yeah, where it's just kind of like they're dancing, but they're not really dancing. And they're just, like, trying they, to show you their butt or whatever. Yeah. But it's TikTok is, like, it's a very creative place, I would say. It could be. I, and then they have that same, like, where it's, like, a similar question, and then everybody does their own rendition of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The same, like, like sound bites. Too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like I said, it's inside jokes inside of inside jokes inside. Of, it's like you really have to pay attention to it. And if you miss something, like waves on TikTok come every month, mm-hmm. like month, month and a half. So if you're not there for the inception of the wave, might Unless well you're just, Soldier Boy, you can start a wave whenever you want to. I mean, he invented yes, the wave. But he invented the wave. But guess what? <laughs> it crashed on the shore. <laughs> then he got to start another one. That's true. You know? Which he does. Well, yeah, I mean, you better, you better believe SODMG is going to create another wave. Hey, he is remarkable to me. Why? I just, the way his mind works, how everything he does turns into something. Um, And yeah. just how, like, I think he's starting to be like a well-respected person in the, in, because, you know, before 
when he first came out and he was doing all the dance videos and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the elder generation was just like, this ain't a rapper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like disrespecting him and he was like, you know, going at everybody that, you know, was, was saying little things about it. Now he's older, right? And he's actually an OG in the game compared to like these young people. But I think because of who he is as a person, these young guys are still like him and the Sway Lee thing. I thought that was great. Which Sway Lee thing? Where they were just doing like the first of everything. Like, oh, okay. And like, you know, the, those videos that they're going back and forth with. And just like people just being like, um, like even Quavo, like there was an interview, I sent it to you on Instagram where he was just like, uh, like uh, somebody was asking Quavo, like, oh, you know, Soldier Boy was saying he was the first person to introduce you to Travis Scott or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's the truth. And yeah. it, it is just like, yo, Soldier Boy don't lie. Like, right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, my favorite part about, about Soldier Boy is like, even if he has to be corny about it, he still gets his thing off. Yeah. And I like, do you remember like Quavo said he wants some beef with me? You remember that? Yeah. Uh, like the guy just he keeps going, but the only thing I have with Soldier Boy is that like he creates these massive waves and then I rarely see the payoff. Like it's not like he's like this time he has the clap 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 song, which is like I'm not even sure if he's still promoting it or not, but um every year he just like rises from the ashes, just like um Mariah Carey in Christmas time, you know, or like, um, what's what's the name of the dude? I just haven't met you yet, Michael. Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. You know, like every year they're just gonna, you know, get out of their casket and come entertain us. Soldier Boy has that ability to do that, but every year I'm just like, where, like, what's the Soldier Boy does a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't know about. I understand that, but sometimes it doesn't necessarily need that level of promotion. But maybe not. That's maybe it does because mm. it keeps him relevant to keep people working with him. Okay, that makes sense, especially you know as I mean? a producer. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he does a lot of production stuff. I think he he has a lot of brands that pay him to do certain things. Mm. Like I remember watching when when we were in Vegas. And I was doing the Love and Hip Hop Marathon. Mm. Um, like, Ray J, like, was trying to do some bike thing. Oh, and the, he called uh, Soldier Boy to promote it. They made, like, a Soldier Boy version of it. bikes. Yeah, whatever it was. So, like... Ray J's another one, too, for me. Like, Ray J, do you know Ray J owns a $100 million company? Yeah, the headphones, right? It's not just that. It's Raycon. It's a tech company. Yeah. Yeah, like, Raycon has the the headphones, but he also had the Scooty Bikes, um, he had he had just like a variety of options that he was selling. I think the headphones just ended up selling bet, better Being than the, everything else. Yeah, but uh, the Scooty bikes was his thing at first, and I, even I wanted a Scooty bike. It was just too expensive. But that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of these guys have their their hands in multiple different you know pots. Yeah, and we just don't know about it. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that I've as I've gotten older is realizing you know the person with the hottest song that isn't necessarily the person that's making the most money oh that's for sure you know what i mean it's the person that understands the business that's why like i am a huge fan of 50 cent like you are because i think he has made you know a really seamless transition obviously jay-z gets a lot of praise for that kanye and all this kind of stuff but probably the most underrated and probably the first like super mogul i would say is master p i mean he gets his flowers but yeah yeah he, he is. Um, I mean, Master P is all about products right now. Um, and I will say, like, I'm sorry, Master P, I'm not going to buy your cereal. But, <laughs> but doesn't he have a lot of the? Does he still have all the shows with Disney and stuff like that? 
No, you're talking about Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, I mean, uh, yeah. That was like 15, 20 years ago. But he still doesn't have his hands in like certain shows and stuff out there? Uh, I, I think he was dealing with um, maybe WeTV for uh, growing uh-huh. up hip hop. Mm. But um, when I met Dame Dash, he, Dame Dash was saying that was his show. So I don't, I really don't know. Like, you know, but I, I don't think that Masterpiece really all about entertainment at the moment anyway. Yeah. Like he always has, he's trying to get his sneakers off. He's trying to get his wrap snacks off. He's trying to get his cereal off. Like his big thing is products. As long as we can sell product, we can make money forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure he's still has his catalogs and all these other businesses that he's done. Yeah. I don't think he's hurting hurting for money. Now nah, he used to be worth three fifty. Um there, now that we're talking about entertainment, we have to talk about something that's important. Oh, he took a deep breath. Why is Keenan Thompson famous? <laughs> you talking uh, about Keenan from Keenan and Kel? Why is he famous? Now let me start off with Yo. this. Seems like a nice guy. Dude. Keanu Reeves seems like a nice guy, but you trying to say you don't understand why Keanu Reeves is famous? Is Keanu Reeves a really good actor? Yeah. Okay. So, but you didn't see the Lake House. The I Lake House. I, was I, love, about to I tell love. You. I love the Lake House. You ain't even. You ain't got to the go lake there. House, I you love didn't see the speed. Lake House. You didn't see. Dude, he has two John. of the biggest. Movie brands that doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you're a good actor. John I mean Wick, to get them. Wick three. and John Wick is amazing. Matrix one. Matrix one. I'm gonna. I'm Matrix, only for Ma- one. Matrix one is amazing. Two and three. Forget about it. That also I'm doesn't tell me you're a good actor though. That doesn't mean you're a good. The actor. fact that he Tom has Cruise you didn't see is babes in Babes in Mag- Toyland. He didn't <laughs> see Hardball. Wait, wait, hold on. We're getting we're getting <laughs> off topic. Back to Keenan. Back to Keenan. Sorry, sorry. Like we, I think we gotta stop playing this game of like. I saw the strategy of he held up Saturday Night Live for 15 years. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Keenan's show got a season two, guys. Yeah. Why? Because he's royalty. Get it. I get it. Again, I think he seems like a nice guy. But... <sighs> yeah, isn't What is success? Success is right place, right opportunity, where preparation meets opportunity, right? Sure. So all of the foundation that he laid as a young kid on all that and Nickelodeon and Keenan and Kel and, you know, going then to like Fat Burger and then Fat Albert and all this kind of stuff and then making it to um, Saturday Night Live. At that point, he's he has a relationship with all of these um, studios, all of these producers, all these things, and he's that he's that person that probably has good relationships with all these people. So when they're thinking of, hey, I need this type of role to be cast, who would I want to work with? Somebody who's you know talented, who I know will listen to me, or I know we have a good working relationship. And he's tied up with all these guys at NBC, and I'm sure if there was Disney stuff, he could be doing Di- or Nickelodeon stuff, he could be doing Nickelodeon stuff. So I don't think it's that he hard was, to understand. He was, he was with the uh, all that reboot. He, yeah, he was. He was like an executive producer. Yeah, I think that, that he, same way as Nick Cannon. He's just working like anybody else. Nick Nick is different. Nick is different. 
Okay. But I think they both, the both of them are a product of being really smart at building good relationships in the industry. Yeah, but that goes back to my thing of like, I don't think people should get paid for their time. Keenan has not done anything that I understand on a financial level. That's where I'm at. So to me, I'm like, I, I think that this strategy is wrong because they gave him his own show. The show is horrible. The show is horrible. And it's like, I don't necessarily think that that helps him. After a while, your good relationships do run dry when you're not making money. Now, people could use George Clooney as an example because they give George Clooney 95 pilot episodes until he became George Clooney. But at the same time, like today, the way things move, how quickly they move, the money got to go from this account to this account that fast we're not in that day and age anymore so for me it's like i would rather see keenan take a little bit more time and find out a project that really really works versus them just kind of like here's the thing like it just doesn't make sense to me but you don't know what keenan's goals are maybe he doesn't want to be an actor past a certain time and he's just trying to get all the bags that he could get right now and then you won't hear from him ever again oh gosh Imagine that being true. Why would that be a bad thing? What and, and also like I feel it like it doesn't help. I feel like you're looking at it saying, "Oh, it's not making money." So all this clearly a major television production company in NBC felt like it was worth investing in another season. Okay, so I'm looking at it in through multiple lenses. Yes, I'm looking at it a way of like. A, I'm looking at it as just the quality of the work is just not good. But my next thing is I'm looking at it as like, what does the future look like with this show existing for somebody like me, for somebody like Chris, for somebody like you? And for me, I think like there is unfortunately a pressure on people of color who get these opportunities. And that's why I think like some of the hammer comes down so difficultly on Tyler Perry, because you have all the access in the world to be your best self and you're, you don't showcase that. And I think that that hammer falls differently for people of color. White people, I think like there's just an ex- an, an excess of white people. So they could fail differently. But for me, I just, I'm, I look at it in that lens where I'm like, bro, you got to bring your A game because if you do this right, I could do it right. But when you when Keenan, the 15 year held up San, uh, uh, SNL is just not to say he is, but he's just collecting bass so he could leave. It's just like, OK, like I don't I don't see the I don't see the play. I don't see the strategy. But you're looking at it from a strategy of how do we move the culture, the race or whatever forward as far as their relationship with Hollywood, right? How Um, do I make the next generation it easier for them to to like be able to be successful? Yeah. And I would look I would I would say maybe he's he has done that. Right. Because it's the same thing as far as this guy has been in the industry since he was a teenager yeah. and now he's probably what in his late 30s yeah i think he's in his 40s man. 40s yeah. so we were talking about three decades mm. so to see there and be like he could do anything that would make it harder for black people to be in the industry i think mm-hmm. that's kind of unfair for somebody who's probably broken down so many barriers to be like yeah 
he went from a kids television network where he was an ensemble cast mm-hmm. of him mixed with a whole bunch of other people to now he then became a lead co-lead in a show to then being a star in a movie mm-hmm. to then being a, on another ensemble cast right resetting himself where he was bottom of the totem pole mm-hmm. and then built himself back up to be the star of his own show that mm-hmm. just got his second season I mean, how are you looking at that and being like, that's going to make it harder for me as Kelby Here's to why. be able to get into a show? Here's why. Because I don't think because you worked, that means that it's an accomplishment. Sorry, I just don't. I, I think that if you have a nice career, there are things you have to do in that first decade, in the first two decades to showcase that you are who you say you are. But then when you have the power to be who you are, then different decisions have to be made. That's how I see it. Well, maybe you're holding him to a different standard. He's he's looking at it like what I'm doing right now has given me the ability to be in the industry for three decades. Paid not only paying my bills, but have given me and my family a lifestyle that I could only have dreamed of. Understandably so. so I get that. But... When you're at that position now where you can make these executive choices, I, I just I just want more. Yeah, but that you're putting on him maybe something that he's not built for. He's looking at it like, dude, every like your 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 critique of him, he'd look at it and be like, "Well, what are you doing different? I'm here. Mm. What are you doing? What have you done?" Well, that's true. And and I think. And so for somebody to look at him and be like, dude, you're doing it wrong. He's going to be looking at you and like, well, I'm doing it. What are you doing? It's not, it's not about I don't it's not necessarily that he's doing it wrong. Uh, I don't want to put that that like he's doing it wrong. For you me, started this off saying that. How is he even famous? Still famous. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously that's you insinuating that he's not doing it right. No, that's not it. I'm just saying it, it, the, the, the cookies don't. F- crumble the way that i'm getting it like i just don't understand it but what i what i'm saying is it's just like the story did you guys hear the story about the guy who who made thirty thousand dollars and he spent 20k on, on a yeah. chain and he got <laughs> a, like, like for me it's like <laughs> when i hear a story like that i'm like okay when you have this power like this power of money now you you can make different choices and i think for 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 keenan um like I ultimately I respect the hustle. Like I, I do understand it, but the brother, you got bags already. So like, I think that ultimately when you see the, the, that video of the guy who spent the 20 K on the chain, the comments are flooded with, I want better for my people. Right. And that's all I'm saying to him. All I'm saying is bro, at this point, if you have that relationship with NBC where they want to put your face in front of a TV show and your name on that, make a couple demands. But that's what I'm saying. You're you're asking him maybe to be built in a different way than he's actually built. And so what I'm saying, do you remember that in the movie Ray where um where Jamie Foxx playing Ray was talking to that woman that ends up being like one of his wives or whatnot. And, uh, he was talking about why he sings like other people. 
So he's talking that he's mimicking mimic other artists and do music like that. And the state, the guy that was working with him was like, I need you to find your own voice and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he's talking about this conversation. He's like, I'm a blind man and this pays the bills. What if nobody wants to hear what I actually sound like? Hmm. And so she was like, well, if you're as talented as you are, it, 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 something along the lines of because of your talent, you have the choice to be whatever you want to be. Kind of like what you're saying. That's right? exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. And that is if you're as talented as a Ray Charles, as a Jamie Foxx, as a Denzel Washington. So you're saying he's a, not talented. I'm enough. saying maybe he doesn't think that he's not built the same way where he's like, well, then I'm challenging him. And yeah, then that's fine. And maybe he's like, maybe his wife. He, maybe he's afraid or maybe he doesn't have the confidence or maybe he knows himself well enough to be like, this is the role that I could play and get paid doing. If I try to branch out and be something else, I know I'm not good enough to be able to have the same success. So why not me play the same character that I know the my audience is going to connect with? I know that I'm going to be able to make uh, money with and so have on. Have you guys and so seen forth. the show? No, I haven't. No, no, okay. So it's not really an acting problem. It's, it's not. It's a foundational writing problem. The show is very lazily, sloppily, horribly written. And for me, again, I'm coming back to say, like, look, when I do something and my name is attached to it, again, it's about compensating myself for doing my best work. I don't think that there's a problem challenging a guy who's in that position who, whether you know it or not, you're affecting everybody else, right? You have the, the power to put other people on the show who look like you. You have the power to honestly create new streams of wealth. If you look at uh, Insecure, that girl Yvonne Orgy, she's doing her own thing now. And that's off of a show that a girl started on YouTube. And it's like, that is the power of what happens when you give it your all. And for me, I can't accept, I just can't accept that's all I'm good at. Like, no, it's not. You, you could play the same character, but you have all the ability in the world to see a script and say, dude, this is bad. And it is. But is he? You're talking about, so think about everything he's done. Yes. All that ensemble show not necessarily meant like the best writing is meant to just riff off, right? Comedy, they're throwing things back and forth, they're, they're improving and all this kind of stuff, right? Then he goes to Keenan and Kel. Once again, not necessarily the best written show. It's more based off of their friendship and so on and so forth. I, I can't even think of a storyline in Keenan and Kel, to be honest. It was one of those just like whatever. Mm -hmm. Then he goes to Saturday Night Live. Once mm -hmm. again, you know, not so much built off of the writing, more built off of the uh, the chemistry between and riffing and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is like the first major, you know, NBC where it's like a sitcom and all this kind of stuff. Throw your weight on. But maybe he doesn't have. That's what I'm saying. He's not as experienced in this. He's uh, experienced in the that. industry. And maybe he's just like, all right, maybe he's just going with whatever. Like other people say, because he doesn't have the confidence that. He knows how to write a show or whatever it is. Maybe. I don't know. When your name is on the show, like everybody loves Raymond. When your name is on the show, you have power. The show is called Kenan. When Raymond did his show, the brother knew what he wanted. When uh, 
when King of uh, when King of Queens was out, King J- uh, King James, uh, Kevin James <laughs> Kevin James knows what he wants. When your name is the show, ain't no I'm scared. I'm this. I'm do your best. You know why? Because all the other folk can fail, and they'll get another one. But when they look at you, it happened to Lance Gross. Lance Gross had a show on NBC, and then it failed. And then when was the last time you saw a black guy's face on there on the lead? It doesn't happen all the time. I think that's why, that's the thing. It's like, I don't care about how you feel, honestly. I don't care if you feel like you're just not good enough or whatever. Your name is on the show. So try harder. I mean... All but they got is, a season two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So two. the audience must think it's, it's not horrible, horrible. I right think now. I think I think that this is what happened with Community. Like Community got a season two, and the season one was not good. Like I watched season one, but then season two all of a sudden ramped up. Everybody loved the show. Yeah, I want to say this with the hopes that, dude, you got a second season. You got an opportunity. Try hard. And yep. it's NBC, right? Yeah. Isn't NBC the same one that had that Lily Singh show on? Or was that a different? They do, but it's a late night. Show. Yeah, yeah. So Lily Singh, I think, is shows terrible, and she Damn. got a second season too. So maybe they're not mess- going off of just. Maybe it's just kind of what, what's it called? Where it's like um, you've already paid into it with sunken cost. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we got to yeah. keep keep going. So I don't know, like, wait, like, what is her show? The late night with Lily Singh like or whatever. It's like a late show. night show. And she's bad? Oh, my God. It's terrible. I really? think it's terrible. I've never seen it. There's videos about how terrible it is on really? yeah. Is she Tyra Banks bad? Season one Tyra Banks? No, it's just like woke comedy. Like, oh she got gosh. all female and women of color writers and stuff like that. Well, that's and then, not bad. <laughs> and then, um, but, no, that's not what's bad. But it's like... Every single episode is pointing at that fact that I'm a biracial, bisexual woman of color. All my writers are women. All our writers are women of color. You know, like, it's just like everything is pointing out the wokeness of it. And I don't know if she's still on, if they're still doing it or whatever. I just remember, like, watching so many YouTube videos about people just going at her. And Well, question for you, actually. Is Lily Singh biracial? And bisexual? No, she's bisexual woman of color. Uh, she's Indian though, right? Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I, did, I thought, oh, wow. That's kind of a shock to me. That she's what? She sucks. Yo, put pressure on these people, man. I don't care how you feel. Put pressure on them. Yo, Tyler Perry, do better. I see new Medea coming out. It better be funny, bro. <laughs> it better be funny. It better not be like Boo too. Boo boo one and boo two was pretty bad, but I did enjoy Fall from Grace. I seen that about eight times. I love that that about a thousand times. Is Daddy's Little Girls? I seen that about a thousand. I don't know why you watch. I don't know why. Girl, well, because it it shows up on like on TV. TBS. Yeah, TBS. (laughs) He was flipping channels. Like, oh shit! Oh, I know this movie. Yeah, yeah. Daddy's Little Girls good one. I really enjoyed the first one. What's the one where uh, Medea tells the girl? To slap the dude in the face with the hot pan. That ain't all. <laughs> oh, no, no. There's a specific one. I don't know, She's, man. She was like, you know Medea what I used to, to do? I used to cook my man a meal. and Serve it hot. Extra hot in the pan. Oh, and that's the first one. Back, 
That's the I first one. The of hand. That's the first one. Is uh, it? Uh, 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 um, the one with Kimberly at least. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. The first one. The first one that she, they ever made. I was gonna say you like that one where the uh, the the husband beats the yeah. the wife, but that's all of them too. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, it's the, always domestic violence. The, the, the light skinned hu- husband with some weird braids, <laughs> and then the, the dark skinned brother comes. What's up? Yeah. And look, I don't think that we should be looking at Hollywood to make the type of changes that you want to see in society. I, oh no, that is not what I want. It's it, not about changing society. I just want. Um, I just want people to who do their jobs to do their best at their job. Sure. I don't really need to uh, Hollywood to raise me as a child. I would just prefer like if you guys because honestly, like as a person who came here to be in the business and things like that, like I care about quality. Like I, I'm not an I'm not an extreme watcher, but I keep referencing this. When I saw that that movie with Kevin Hart and uh, Ice Cube, I yeah. cop out two and his mouth was moving. There was no dialogue. I was just like, bro, come on, like. Ride along to ride along to. To me, I was just like, it doesn't have to be the greatest in the world, but just care a little bit, you know. And I and I like Kevin Hart. He's not the funniest guy in the world to me, but I support him and I want him to win. But it's like just care. You guys have millions of dollars. There's no excuse for things no, to be I think like. The problem was they wanted quantity over quality. They wanted That's to put good. Kevin Hart in 30,000 different things. Yeah. Every month was a new Kevin Hart movie. Yeah. But after the third one, they all sucked. They were all shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that also is like learning, growing pains too, right? So a lot of times when you've been working to be successful for so long and then you finally get all these opportunities, you don't realize like how hard it actually is right yeah. to to juggle all of those things and you know we were judging finished products not knowing the process that all went in all of the things that happened behind the scenes that maybe you know the pressures and all that kind of stuff just gotta hope that uh because and, and all again you, you know it's all subjective or yeah subjective not objective right so right, right, right. you know people are gonna look at maybe stuff that we've put out or movies that you put out or stuff that I've put out or whatever and look at that and be like, dude, that's terrible. And probably give the same thing. Like, why didn't you do better? Like you should try harder. But in your mind, you're like, dude, I tried my best, you know? And so like, so it could also be that like where you're like, dude, you're not, you should be trying harder. Maybe that is, it's just like a difference in opinion about what Mm. you feel like is good or what you feel like is bad. See, my thing is I don't, I don't give the same opinion for things that I know are difficult. Like if my friend showed me a short film and there was like something in there that's just technically like, I I get it. Like you made a short film on $2,000. There's nothing you could do. Like, but if your budget is $15 million, bro, like, come on now. (laughs) Like care a little bit, you know, and either it's the production company or it's a district, whatever it is. I just think that like when you're at the very high, like nobody says, uh, uh, of uh, a player in the NBA, like if they come out like J. Cole, right? If J. Cole played in the NBA, no one is just going to be like, well, it's fine, right? Like no one is going to do that. Everyone's going to be like, dude, this is the highest level of this thing. Right. And and we're not going to just let you pass because you're famous. And, I, and no one's going to care because people are watching these games because they are extremely competitive 
at the highest level. And that's just how I'm seeing it. When you're at the highest level, act like it. And maybe the highest level is different. Because we put like, oh, NBC sitcom means that it's the highest level. Well, is it anymore? Because Financially, yes. Financially, but, you know, are they putting is NBC putting out the best quality work like what's the last show on NBC that you look at but that's like, not an excuse that 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 just says like that just proves me right that just essentially says like dude you guys are the legacy network the which legacy I, everything. but I think but, isn't that already everybody like the shows on prime the shows on Netflix the shows on HBO Max HBO like those are all like whenever people talk about the greatest shows of all time they're either really old shows like you know people may put Seinfeld and might put like um friends or you know everybody loves Raymond all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know or even further back than that or they're like HBO shows or they're like things on Netflix things on Prime mm-hmm. nobody's talking about today right now there's a show that's going on that's like the greatest show of all time that's on NBC or oh, ABC man, you ain't thinking about what Stabler is gonna do huh <laughs> Stabler out here doing things yeah huh? Now, the thing is, like, the difficult part about that is networks have a different rules that they have to play by. Right. Like, it's obvious. So, uh, yeah, they, they are their, their growth is stunted, which is why I think. Because that, of ads. Right no, there. not because of ads, because of the, of the FCC. Yeah. So my thing is, like, for so many years, for so many decades, you have been able to be creative enough to surpass it this is a a game of creativity so i just i just don't give a pass to like oh we have all this nobody freaking cares like nobody cares so just when you guys hire writers and stuff like that like when uh tyler perry was saying work ethic i write all of my scripts the response is like, bro, you don't have to. You could you could offer so many creative people opportunities that will grow your business, that will grow your quality, that will allow you to put better things out. So it's like, it's nice that you know how to type, but is it good? Is it quality? Is that something that's going to create sustainability? So if he came out and he said, well, the thing, blah, 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 nobody cares. Nobody cares about what the problem is. You know, when you're at the highest level, act like it. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, there's very the people that are get to a certain super high level, and then on top of that, have the mentality or the character to be like, I also want to use this power to make more opportunities for everybody else in the industry as well. Those are very few and unique people. That's not a everybody's mentality. It has to be because that is how it grows. It doesn't have to be. At the end of the day, it's that's a characteristic. Like we're talking about, that's just not a characteristic in most people in general. Yeah, but okay. This is why I say it has to be. Jay Z has that line where he said, "Yay made millions. I made millions. Dame made millions. Beans to tell you if he wasn't in his feelings." What he's saying right there is, your success is not success until somebody else touches it too. Sure. And, and ultimately, there's nobody that is creating things all by themselves. Nobody. Good luck if that's who you think you are. So my thing is, it, it may not even have to be the I'm a good person. And I'm going to help other people make it. It's not about that. It's realistically about paint playing this game to last. And that's where I go back to Kelby. You can't look at Keenan and say he's not that dude because he's lasted longer than most other people in the same scenarios and you could do so better in your world but 
he also has done better than 95% of people that are in the ever been in the industry. So like, it's like you're, 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 it's like, it's kind of like outside looking in, like being like, oh, but you know, you could do better versus being like, dude, you know, you've how, how many people have ate because of him? How many people have gotten jobs because of him? How many people have, you know, been able to uh, create a life because of him? Because of everything that he's done. So to be like, oh, but you still should be doing more. Okay, you could say that. But then you also have to be like, well, he's also. Nah, I don't, I just, I, I'm not wired that way. For me, I, it's just, I I think that there is power in challenging these people to be the, be the best that they have to be. Just like when we were talking about the Migos earlier on, like they had this really good conversation with academics where he was like, yo, look, y'all are famous and stuff. And y'all could put out whatever you could put out moaning if you want to. And people will listen to it. Some people will like it. Some people won't. But the ultimate truth is you always have to bring your A game. It's not about you already being there. Congratulations on what you've already done. But what you've already done and what you've done lately and what you're about to do are three completely different things. So for me, it's like, congratulations, you are who you are. But at this point, I don't think there's a problem with challenging people to out to grow beyond what they've already done. Grow beyond it. I like the guy. He seems like a good guy, but I wanted to take it to the next level. And I don't accept any of that. Like, well, I've already done. Who freaking cares? His career. His, <laughs> all the people that have been able to eat because of him. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I also think there's a lot of hate in it. There's a no lot of haterish, it's hater, hate, bitterness and haterism. Not bitterness, because I know you're not bitter, but it's like it, it, it seems like, it seems like you're doing it from your, it, you're coming off like you're doing it as like yo challenging him and all this kind of stuff. But it also is, I think, diminishing the guy too by being like, dude, no. you could be doing better. And I'm like, dude, he's been, he's doing great. Like he just got a second, a second season of his own show. I want to see it be better. Okay, but also you can't sit there and be like, dude, you're doing it wrong. That's like... I, I'm not saying he's doing it wrong. Again, I've said that already. But what I'm saying is I just want it better. I just see it from a different perspective. That's just all right. I'm saying. You know, I'm not hating on the guy, but I will say like... And once again, it started off by saying, how is this guy still famous? So that is a hater that, remark. No, it's not. Okay. Because the thing is, it just doesn't seem like he's putting the work in. That's what it feels that, like. But what I'm saying, but you, that like, a, like, once again, and this is coming from, and I think this is like a deeper thing that like, it's stuff like why, why Kwame Brown got, got famous, right? Okay. So Kwame Brown has come out and, you know, because in his channel is called Kwame Brown Bus Life. Because his mm -hmm. whole thing was for 20 years, people were calling him a bus, a bus, a bus, a bus, a bus. And with and by saying those type of things, you diminish this man to where he's just like a caricature of what he is. And then he's coming out now and being like, dude, how could I be a bus when I came from somebody who didn't have any shoes to being able to change my whole family tree zip code, mm -hmm. put my mom on a golf course at the age of 18. And then I made $65 million in the, in the league. I've been able to help out my community in this way, help out children in this way, blah, blah, blah. But in your mind, I'm still a bust because okay. I didn't play basketball the way that you wanted me to play basketball. So okay. you look at when, what I'm saying is like, it's only a thing like for, it seems like a certain type of person where it's like, 
he had this 30 year old career. I'm talking about Keenan now. He got his own sitcom, a second season. And then instead of being like, dang, he's doing really good. It's like, you're not doing good enough. And to me, I'm okay. like, dude, that diminishes everything that he's done to no, go through. I, okay. The, the I think thing, that the it difference does. between what people say about Kwame Brown and what I'm saying about Keenan is they're saying Kwame Brown. First of all, they, I don't think they're saying Kwame Brown is a bust in his life. They're not saying that. I think everybody is recognizing that the guy played X amount of seasons in the NBA. The thing is, they're probably saying he's a bust because when he came in, he had a lot of hype and he didn't live up to the hype. Understandably so. So if that's what happened, like if Zion came in and he was horrible 20 years from now, he might say, oh, he was a bust. Yes, you are successful. Yes, you went and did all these amazing things outside of basketball. But in the game of basketball, you just didn't live up to the expectations, which is Fine. No one is talking about you as a person. For me, it's not about saying like Keen is not successful. What I'm saying is you are successful. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. And again, I'm comparing it to the fact that like Keenan, whether he wants to or not, does not only represent himself. He just doesn't. So unfortunately, you're going to have to put your A game and bring it every single time and i only want to challenge you to bring it in order for everybody else to have the opportunity that you got yes you're successful and we're happy to see that but at the same time i would like to see that done in a way that shows that you really care about this that's all i'm saying in your personal life congratulations i think it's a lot of conjecture because you're putting a lot of in Saying, oh, he doesn't care. Oh, like, why is he even famous right now? Oh, like, you know, you're not trying hard enough. Like, these are your assumptions. Without ever talking to the man, without ever doing research into what he's actually doing and all this kind of... It's just you on the outside looking in, and you you have a right to your opinion. I just don't understand that because it's it's work that comes out, and it's and it's to be reviewed. It's to be seen. It's, to, it's for people to have opinions. So if so, why do you I have, have to opi- praise a guy because he's found a certain form of success? I don't think you should have to praise him. I think that we have to be careful about the way that we criticize as well, though. To say to somebody, why are you still famous? Or to say somebody, you don't care. Or you don't try hard enough. Don't seem like you do. Okay, well, and and I'm saying somebody who that's had a 30-year-long career, maybe the way that he cares, the way that he tries, the effort that he puts in, maybe people can learn from. Because obviously he's been able to sustain a career in some place where others with the same skin complexion, with the same, you know, circumstances, so on and so forth, have been able to have that type of career, so on and so forth. So to say that this guy doesn't care I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying that he, I'm not saying he doesn't care at all. All I'm saying is I just want to see a little bit more work. That's all I'm saying. Sure. That's all I'm saying. You know, you want to see a better product or you want it to be more along the lines of what you think is good. And that's all fine. What I say, and like I said, this is all maybe trigger or whatever for me understanding as well. Like I don't want to go out and just smash the dude or like smash the dude's character. um, Talk, talk about that. Yeah, you did. You said, why is this dude famous? You said he doesn't care enough. He doesn't try hard enough. All these things are character flaws that you're talking about, a dude, based off of you not liking the product that he's put out. You said that he's not trying hard enough, which basically saying he's lazy. You're saying he doesn't care enough, which saying whatever that says. Mm-hmm. These are 
character things these aren't dude you 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 could and the thing that you said yo i wish the writing was a little bit better all right cool that's like object like okay get the the writing wasn't funny enough or i didn't like the flow or whatever it is but when you when you start saying why is this dude famous i mean that was a joke but okay (laughs) okay but i mean that's what i'm saying like these jokes go out there and they start putting a character character caricature on people like the joke goes out and this ends up becoming like what Keenan is thought of, right? The bust of whatever uh, Kwame is a bust mm-hmm. that stemmed to 20 years later, people are still making jokes about the man as a, as a human, right? That's flowed into Charlemagne bringing up all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. people, all this kind of, so to say that it's just a joke. Well, those jokes t- can take a life of their own when we keep putting that stuff out in the atmosphere. Okay. Let, let me ask you this. When it comes with when it comes to criticism, yeah, of the things that people do and something you're you're passionate about, something you care about, something that you think is um, important to you, yes, okay. If somebody criticizes you, and I I guess they may take it to that point, maybe beyond a level of criticism, uh, beyond a level, a level of um, constructiveness, mm-hmm. that doesn't do something to you to change your actions? Does it change my actions when somebody criticizes my character? Maybe. Yeah. No, it makes me think different of that person. It Mm. makes me be like, why are you like, what do you know about me to criticize my character? Criticize my work. Sure. Like if you think that I'm not doing, I've I've said about Keenan has been, in relation to his work. Yeah, so but I, 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 I'm not understanding no, the... No, that's what I'm saying. When you said, like I said, when you say the writing wasn't good, mm-hmm. that's a criticism of the work. When you're saying this dude doesn't care, he doesn't try hard enough, these are things where it's like, all right, there's a difference between not trying hard enough and maybe not, like, maybe not having... This is his first sitcom on his own, right? Maybe there's things that you know, need to be learned. It's like, but saying you don't try hard enough is like, you don't care. You don't care. And then it spawned into you represent way more. So now you're not doing enough for your people. Like is the insinuation and all these kind of things. That's a lot to go off of just, yo, one year of a show that wasn't as funny as you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Let's look at season two and let's well, be like, yo, but, but that's what I'm saying. No, but you can't say you don't care. You're not you're, you 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 don't try I hard said enough. It feels like you don't care. I, I think I don't know. I'd have to go back. But my thing is like, to me, I am just criticizing the work, you know. And and when you see the work, like it's like a car. If you buy a car and it doesn't work properly, you could kind of say like, it kind of feels like these people didn't care. And I'm not saying that Keenan does not care about the work. All I'm saying is on this particular thing that he's doing, it just doesn't seem like he's he's giving it 100%. That's ultimately what I'm saying. Or it yes. could be he's just not a great manager of, of like a show. He needs to learn how to be better at managing the writing, managing, you know, the production, managing all this kind of stuff. It's also his first time where he's on the thing as a executive producer doing everything, the star all that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. a lot. It is. It is. But 
the way I see it, unfortunately, and maybe I'm jaded and I'm not supposed to say these things, but I see it again as you're at the very highest level of the work that we are all in. And for me, it's like it, it has to represent something like that's just what I'm saying. It has to represent something. I understand that other people kind of see it in that way where like you're allowed you're you're allowed these opportunities to learn and grow and this and that and all that kind of thing. But for me, I see it a little bit more cut and dry than that. I see like if you're going to come to something, maybe if you knew that, maybe don't don't take it that route right now. If you're if you feel like you're not quite ready or if you don't have the capability of doing that, like bring your A game every single time. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to challenge his character. I don't want to say like he doesn't care as a person. Again, I'm very happy for the guy. And I was joking around and say like, why is he still famous? But again, I'm, I'm bringing it up in that joke just to say like, hey, when people see us, they criticize us differently. That's all I'm saying. So w- why... You're not bringing everything to this. It just doesn't compute to to me. And again, for you, you don't see it the same way I do because I came out here to do this. Like that's exactly what I came. So my example of the of basketball is exactly that. If somebody goes to the league and they just don't deserve it, you start you start feeling funny about them. Like, what are they doing there? All right, this is it. Last leg of the podcast. Um, (laughs) We back. Yeah, we're we we bike. So the neighbor came in, right? Neighbor came in. Nah, I think it was just a piece of three. We was fighting them. Three guns on them. I was like, "Yo, put them gun down over here." We boom, boom. With right. the fist. Go ahead. We describe boom, it. Boom, boom, boom. And he was like, "I ain't put my gun down." Nah, That's hell right. no. Nah. I was like, "You know what?" Walk right on up to him, flip the gun around. Bam, beat him with the back. He, of the he gun. tried to speak English right there. You hear that? <laughs> <laughs> he said, right, "That sounded like Coach right Three. Right it did sound like Amigo Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's Why how the Atlanta boys Why be it? talking. Wait up! Hey, hey, did you see? Did you? Oh, yeah, I see. But uh, Brie was on Chad Ochocinco's uh, Instagram today. Doing what? <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. she was dancing. That makes sense. At what? <laughs> it's some place in Atlanta. Let's go nice. right, her and a bunch of other girls. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Yeah, I sent. She sent it to me. I was like, "Dang, you are so nice that you let Chad Ochocinco <laughs> hang out with you yeah. and take videos. Like, clearly, he was starstruck, and you were just so kind to just like you, know, you could film. Of course, yeah. Ochocinco is. If I was ever a celebrity, I'd want to do it like Ochocinco does it. Is he like super cool? Super cool, the coolest. I think. Really, he actually interacts with people on Twitter. Like he'll do like uh, maybe like a few weeks ago he was in Florida and needed a ride from the airport or to the airport. So he put on his social media. He's like, anybody that could pick me up and take me to the airport, I'll, I'll pay him a thousand bucks. And then he put he sent the picture. He took a picture of the person that drove him to it. So I do gave him a thousand bucks. He's also the guy that'll like um, he'll randomly give like a certain tip like based off of something that's going on like he's like 888 dollars i scored 88 uh touchdowns in my career or something like that like and he'll put like he'll put like it'll be like a 50 dollar meal he'll give a thousand dollar tip and just like just random stuff like that and then he's super he he's like one of the most fit people ever in history we saw him you know just box the other day and um his favorite place to eat is mcdonald's yeah, I, I, yeah, he said something about like if they just let me have my McDonald's, I wouldn't yeah. fail or something like that. Dude, he's at the gym eating burgers and stuff and like getting it. It's That's just, too yeah, funny. he's just like a really cool, 
uh dude super funny he used to do um he used to do these things where uh people would be like uh tell adam and he'll be like oh show single spot the flaw and it'd be like you know those um airbrushed like instagram photos that people will post up and like everybody's just seeing like the girl and you know the fat ass and the beauty and all this kind of stuff and if you like, spot the flaw and he'd be like dude she needs to wash the dishes because the dishes would be like in the sink and, like things that people would miss and then he'd just be like you know spotting the flaws hilarious he's just <laughs> really married uh, he's with that girl, the real estate oh. agent uh, that was at the fight. I'm so, about to get me a real estate agent. Yo, like, and it's hilarious. Like he'll put like every two weeks he'll post something that'll be like, "Thank you to all the girls that curved me, because if it wasn't for you, I would have never found this woman." Like, wow. it, like that kind of stuff. Wow. I'm about, to, I'm about to get me a Mexican uh, middle name. A Latin. Go ahead. No middle name. Kelby What's it gonna be? Juan. Joaquin. <laughs> All right, no, because like sometimes I tell myself at the gym, like, "Come on, man, you could do this. You're the Juan." Do you have a middle name? <laughs> yeah, you have a middle name. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, we'll have to make it yeah. Hispanic. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then I start saying things like, oh, "Man, you already said that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see how yeah. Juan works, then? Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kelby Juan. <laughs> nah, it's gotta be like Kelby. Guadalupe, wow. <laughs> Salvatore, yeah. Joseph, Santo yeah. Domingo. <laughs> Yo, imagine if Chris had like a really white middle name, and his name was like, like Chris, Chris Pringle. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> Chris, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so should we talk about stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, Let's go for it real quick. What do I got on my list? You got everything off on your list? I don't even remember what my list was at, at this point. Um, Yo, there was so yeah. my question to you are, is: Are the Brooklyn Nets thirsty? Oh man, it's a drought in California, so I'm sure that affects all the other states. <laughs> I heard about homegirl so roads like, or something like that. Yeah. So there's a couple of stories that came out about prominent Brooklyn Nets players who seem to. I, I think they just actually lost to. Uh, Milwaukee again so that series is tied 2-2 and Kyrie and Harden are both out so anyways but we're not talking basketball we're talking about the players so a story came out where Lana Rhodes do you know who Lana Rhodes is I just learned about her today so she's a porn star porn star former porn star Chris do you know who Lana Rhodes is who's the singer that's Lana that's Lana (laughs) Del Rey um, Del Vado Lana Del Rey Del Rey Del Rey yeah. Okay, Anyways, Lana Rose anyway. is a former porn star. When she was a porn star, she was like number one. On I like, know Lana uh, Rose. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she, but I think she's transitioned out of being a porn star, and now she she's, said it's so nice. She's actually transitioned out of that. Role. Hey man, whatever Yo, you got to do, she's right. putting her no, head because she was dating um, Logan she's Paul's grown. best friend Mike Majek for a while, oh, and shoot. then they were do, doing like vlogs together and stuff like that. And um, I think she still has an OnlyFans, so she's not all the way out of porn. Okay. But anyways, um, so she put out this like this like thing over social media saying that basically not naming a player but but saying things like they play in new york their basketball play- i went out on a date with a basketball player that's in new york mm-hmm. and then um put out that he's like a certain sign mm-hmm. 
So I think it was like Virgo or something. So, you know, obviously the internet is the biggest detectives in the world. So they went to all of the Knicks players, all of the Brooklyn Nets players, which are the two NBA teams in New York. And they found that the only person that fit this criteria happened to be Kevin Durant. Okay, so now Lana, Lana, I was about to say Lana Del Rey, but Lana (laughs) Rose also put out that this basketball player invited another girl to the date as well and was trying to get a menagerie going on. Mm. All right, so demon sees the city boys up, right? So, so basically, you know, that it came out and you know, people on ESPN were talking about it, all this kind of stuff. Nothing is like nobody said Kevin Durant's name. Right. This is just the internet putting, trying to piece together things. Kevin Durant hasn't come out and you know said yes or no either way because Kevin Durant's somebody that just doesn't like the media in general, anyways. Mm-hmm. And then um, so that went on, and then Fifty Cent put out recently that James Harden, another player on the Brooklyn Nets. Supposedly cash apped a hundred thousand dollars to Sweetie to go out on a date with her. Okay, I have an opinion on this. But first, just to give the full mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Or wait, let's give your opinion and then I'll tell you what happened after. Harden ain't do that. What he actually did was he sent like ten grand on Zell because everybody knows <laughs> you can't send a hundred thousand on Cash App. But that twenty five hundred to ten grand on Zell, no big deal. <laughs> He was like, yo, sweetie, what's your number? She was like, oh, okay, send it through. And she just, bloop, 10 grand. And as soon as uh, Quavo took the Bentley back, she was like, damn, I'm going to need some money to pay for this Hellcat. Mm. Let's do it. Let's do that it. That down payment you say was Harden? <sighs> so Harden came out and said, y'all crazy. Why would I let you know who who I am? Why would I pay $100,000 for this? Exactly. He didn't. He paid because he was physically incapable. Yeah. <laughs> but there was too much of a cash app yeah. limit. Why, 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 why 50 Cent going at Harden like that? 50 Cent goes at everybody. That's but, the one thing I love. But I don't, I, know, I don't know 50 Cent to make up stuff, though. He'll he take, just like, repost stuff. Okay, but I feel like most of the stuff that he does is like actual like truth to it. Nah, he he do be reposting. He definitely does. Like I've seen him reposting from the Shade Room. I've seen him reposting from Academics. Uh, there's that dude James Jefferson, whatever. He be reposting him sometimes. Like sometimes he hears a rumor uh-huh. and and he'll just go with it. Like gotcha. my favorite thing actually this is not anything to do with anything, but I think the um, Knicks lost, and you know Fifty Cent is in Texas. And he goes, like, they, they lost the game, and he goes, damn, that's crazy. Luckily, I'm from Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe they yeah. lost that game, but oh, well, I'm not a New Yorker. Yeah, 50 Cent. He lives in Texas now? Uh, he's down there shooting a movie or a TV show. Or uh, like yeah. Uh, yeah, so, nah, I, I don't know how these rumors get out, but there's some truth to it. You think Harden and Sweetie are dating? No, 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 no. Harden has a reputation Yeah For like, being in strip clubs Yeah strip clubs And Big booty women Yeah like Come on And I think that Harden At some point In his life Like couldn't get girls Like n- Not mm. Mm, I looked at them Before the beard pictures And I was just like Yeah but he's always been He From LA And a baller Like a hooper Hooper I get that I yeah, get that you know, and, 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 and most what of hooper the- Did you know in high school That couldn't get women 
the ones that had no personality. I don't know, man. There I was saw. a couple in my school where it was like, okay, you look good, but you have trouble with women, but you're very dedicated to the sport. So when the sport pays off, then everything comes along with it. Mm-hmm. And and for me, like James Harden kind of gives me that where he seems like he's a cool dude amongst guys, but like I can't necessarily see cool, suave J- James Harden who's like, yo, let me get this girl. Let me talk to this shorty real quick. Like, you know, uh, I don't know. I think he's right there next to Joe at Starlets. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I think uh, James Harden has his jersey retired in one of these strip clubs in Houston. See? Makes but sense. I don't think that necessarily means it's because he doesn't have game. I think when you're at that level, you... you need game. <laughs> no, it's not. Not only don't you need game, but like you're looking for something different. Like being... I think... Guys that are at that level that still pay for stuff is because they they have certain expectations with that. I agree. And so it's easier because it's just a transactional thing where they don't have to deal with all of the emotions of if it was just for sure another thing. So yeah. I think they pay for that aspect because they're targets. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they're they'd rather use They'd rather use their popular money and all this kind of stuff to get out of situations or like to evade situations versus if you just randomly find somebody that's not like in those circles. Now, this person might want it to be deeper than exactly. So I agree with that, too. So I don't know if I could sit here and be like James Harden doesn't have game. I think I don't know if he does or if he doesn't. But to me, he doesn't give me the you know, smooth, suave guy. But at the same time, like, I could see him sending sweetie, oh, here's 2500 I mean, he's trying to have a good night. The rest will come in a check. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. I could see it. That wire transfer, boy. Kevin yeah. Durant, I don't know. Like, he, he kind of comes off to me as, like, a freaky dude, but at the same time, like, not because he has this stone coldness to him that, like, when we hear him speak, it's, like, over the ledge like he did with Michael Rappaport or he's yeah. just like don't give you no information at all uh so I I could see that too you know and I also think that brother just gotta brush his hair bro. a lot of these guys <laughs> just uh, the unfortunate part is what you are depicted on as to the masses really has to do with your level of media uh, uh, like how you deal with the media. Mm. So Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden are people who are don't seem like people that like to be interviewed a lot. Kawhi like Leonard. to be yeah, Kawhi Leonard. So um, James but, Harden looks like Reggie Watts. Who's Reggie Watts? It's the, <laughs> the two is a big Afro that sings wild things. He's a comedian. I'm gonna show you him and you go. I don't think you could like compare somebody less famous to somebody that's like nah, 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 nah. super famous. Like, Reggie Watts. It's like no, but he's famous in the Chris world. Like Chris nah, be nah, known. Nah, he's like, is he tattooed? No, but that's on you? what I'm saying. Like, Reggie Watts is tattooed on your leg. How about you shut the hell? Up? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris getting that tattoo. Like Reggie Watts. You don't know who Reggie Watts is? Oh no. All right. He looks. That looks like David Diggs. Yeah, but if he was fat and. Crazy, but oh, yeah. Okay. So I just thought that was interesting that like all this stuff was coming out within weeks of each other, all on the same team. Mm. It seems kind of like I think they're bored. Like they're such a good team that it's just like, eh, why well, it makes it seem. <laughs> it just seems like a certain type of player. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about what's going on, but yeah, it's just weird and random. 
every year it's something with these guys. Right. I, I appreciate it. Just brush your hair, Katie. Just brush it one time for the, for the <laughs> yeah. just for the culture. Just nah, brush man. it. Just put just put a comb through it. Just he, he's he's all natural. And then the other thing was I saw a new verses that's coming out. I don't know if uh you're gonna um if you're interested or not, but E versus Trina. All right, who you got? This is interesting because they're two completely different mm-hmm. type of rappers, right? Mm-hmm. So Eve was never into the whole like sex or sexual rapping and all that. Mm-hmm. Eve like was just like Rough Riders. I'm gonna be about these lyrics and I'm gonna mm-hmm. put out this music and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Eve has as many bangers as Trina does because Trina put out that Atlanta like booty shaking music mm-hmm. like you know trina was talking about i could take all i could sleep with all your you you and your best friends and <laughs> you know i got the big fattest ass and all this kind of stuff so mm-hmm. i don't know i mean i think more people are gonna know trina songs than they know eve songs that's true eve um wanted life though yeah like she married to a billionaire so right like, shout out to eve uh i'm gonna let the ladies have that night yeah, I mean, I watched the Soldier Boy, uh, now, uh, <laughs> yeah. but the Trina and all that, like, my, they might as well just throw Kaya in there. It should be Trina versus uh, versus Eve and Kaya. Does Kaya have enough? Does Kaya even have twenty songs? No, nah, just put that one song on. <laughs> my <And> neck, <laughs> my back, <laughs> and then put um uh um uh, put, put put Trina. Uh, no, put uh, my other girl in it, Lil Kim. So Lil Kim has a catalog. She though. has a catalog. I think it just needs to be like those two, and then put. Because I think Lil Kim versus, uh, let's see, who's the original girl? Um, Trina. Trina is a is a hard match because like, you know who's gonna lose, if it was still that versus which versus is I, not yeah but. Uh, I think that if you make it a three or four way battle, then it's like a big victory for the girls because like Eve just it doesn't even make sense. Like this match doesn't even make sense. What if they put Nicki Minaj? Oh boy, versus Missy Elliott. Oh, Missy Elliott's gonna wipe. Yeah, I think Missy Elliott beats everybody. That's facts. Nicki Minaj because Nicki Missy Elliott has like such a variety of songs. That it's like, all right, you want a little rap, you want to dance. You yeah. Want to, she even put out an album or something like a year and a half ago, which I liked a lot. Yeah. You know, so I, I think Missy's know. the great the the greatest woman of all time. She's the well, quote as far as rappers to me. Women rappers. Mm. Well, yeah, because she's so accomplished, I guess. And, and I just think a good yeah, musical. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Her and I think Lauren Hill are slowly being forgotten about with this new wave of like women rappers. Yeah, but Lauren Hill only has that one album and her work with um the Fugees. But yeah, but I mean, if you put together what she put together, it can't be lost on in the history books. And she got like, sister act too. But you know what though? Lauren Hill gets a lot of sample money. Yeah. yeah. In a single week, Cardi B and Drake put out a Lauren Hill um uh, sample song so it's like I, I think they could forget it as long as they want as long as people still sampling music they're gonna sample her forever right. until mm-hmm. the end of time so it's just sad that like now if you're a woman rapper you're like have to be this certain way it seems like the industry is kind of pushing a certain type of woman rapper when I wish there was another like style like Missy Elliott that just put out fun Dance music mm, and okay. stuff like that. You said fun because I was about to tell you, uh, homegirl who, um, what 
she's she's pretty much like Kendrick Lamar type music. I'm I'm trying to remember her name. Um, she had a dope album a couple years ago. SZA? No, not SZA. She's a rapper, rapper. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know then. You don't know who, Chris? You can't think of it. No, not all right. Cut, come back to me. Come back to me. But yeah, the industry. I personally look at all the female rappers, and I just see Nicki Minaj. Yeah, just like copy and paste, copy and paste. Nicki and, and Cardi. Because I feel like Cardi kind of came in at this whole like stripper turned rapper and started that whole wave. Now you're starting to sound like JD. It was JD who said that like stripper rap. And he got a lot of backlash for that. Well, I'm talking about that whole vibe of like the hustler rapper. All right, let's see. Hold on. Hold on one second. We got, is it no name that I'm thinking of? Tierra Whack? No, nah, no name is an activist rapper. See, well, that's that's different. Yeah, but that's not fun. Yeah, well, I I think um I think Big Lotto's kind of fun. Rhapsody. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhapsody's alright. Yeah, man. she's cool. She's on that vibe. Yeah, Rhapsody's alright. Like she's deep, but like she cool. She cool. But but I, to go back to the like stripper rap, I can 100 percent see where that comes from. Mm-hmm. <sighs> When I look, I looked at a video of Mulatto. I'm sorry, Big Lotto, the other day, and it was again, it was just like a copy paste of, of of Nicki Minaj. And it's not to down her because I think she got some dope songs, but it's like I don't know when it happened that women who are the most variety esque creatures in the world, like they could change their hair, they could change their nail, they could do everything change, where like. I'm starting to see f- and feel like they're all super similar mm. versus the guys where there's like a variety of guys. Like yes, the 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 Polo G's and the and the Roddy Riches and all that stuff they kind of look and sound the same and whatnot, but like in that same world exists other rappers like Big Sean and Drake and these kind of things where there's like a good amount of variety. So now with the ladies and the type of music they make, like the city girls, I I want to say like nobody kill me, but they were making like scammer rap where it was like, we about to scam these dudes, yeah. get their money, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think that's just, unfortunately the rap culture tends to take the, you know, the try to take negative stuff and make it s- commercial right so you know even in rap you got rap music it's all about the killings like they just made that who i smoke song right who uh, i smoke Rory. Yeah. <laughs> so you know obviously that song's <laughs> about killing people but they make it fun and yeah everybody's singing it like it's like uh you know like it is uh anthem when it's really about you know people that are dead well give me a quick response to this so there was a Post that came out that said like, like, uh, Miami police is targeting rappers because Pushaisty, Polo G, and somebody else got arrested in Miami recently, like within the last week. Mm-hmm. At, w- what's your response to that? I mean, I could see it as being true as targeting. I don't know if it's targeting, but it's in the sense that. At the end of the day, everybody has a job. So police are going to be um, judged based off of the amount of rest they make, 
cases that they're able to clear, so on and so forth. So every most employees are going to go for what's the easiest thing that I could get get at. So if people are putting in their music, basically all the breadcrumbs to the crimes that they've committed and, you know, stuff like that, that's just easy to be able to make, you know, a name for yourself. If you're the person that could pull, get Polo G arrested, you know, that's going to make it a waves in the company that you're working at or whatever. Well, here's my thing. <laughs> These guys are not getting arrested for doing nothing. Yeah. Like, Pooh the uh fired a weapon and it hit a security guard. I'm I'm trying to avoid saying he allegedly, shot, he shot allegedly, somebody. Allegedly. No, there's a video that ricocheted off. But you still gotta say but allegedly. it allegedly <laughs> shot he allegedly did this thing alleged. Yeah. And it shot a security guard in the leg alleged. And it's like <laughs> it's like they're not doing nothing. Right. It's not like, innocent. like let's fight for the innocent people that are getting arrested for just no reason, right? Or like the innocent bystanders that are getting shot for no reason. Like we don't everybody doesn't have to be um what's it called? Like a we don't need a rally for everybody. We don't need a uh, a movement for every like you know, or if you're doing wrong and you get arrested, it's not a target. It's like you got arrested for a crime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last thing I'm going to say to you um, is, uh, so the NYPD put out a, a, a pride vehicle. Mm, yeah, I saw that. You saw that? Okay. Yeah. And so somebody wrote, like, uh, they people are saying that the, the sirens sound like Bobby Valentino. And then they got this uh, Eddie Murphy and Raw where he's, like, doing this sound. You hear it? Yeah. yeah. Over. I'm gonna read him his right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they did like this. Okay, so like that was on the Black Monopoly page, and I started reading the co- the comments, and some of it was like, "This is super homophobic," and I didn't really quite understand like why it was homophobic. Yeah. Uh, but then I also saw a comment that made me think, and they were like, "How could you post this homophobic?" post meanwhile the nypd is running down queer people left and right and i was like i didn't even know that was a thing what do you mean running down what do they mean by that like arresting i don't even know i guess that they're saying like they're like killing them and whatnot okay but i i say this because i thought when they canceled trump off of all social media misinformation stopped spreading right (laughs) <laughs> so what's the misinformation well, You trying to say that NYPD aren't running out of gay people I would love to know if they are Because I want to be properly informed Well if it's on the internet it's true Abraham Lincoln said that Yeah Wayne Gretzky <laughs> Steve Carell I mean I saw a lot of people being like, it's so funny. Like you can know, you know exactly when something like that happens, what each side are going to say about it. So the left is like, oh, this is so awesome and all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, pride appreciation. And then the right is like, this is what supposedly we don't, they're, we're supposed to be cutting their budget, but they still have money to do, you know, like, it's just like, I I honestly, man, I've never seen a pride like this. I didn't even know what month Pride Month was. Is this month, yo? But yeah, but have you guys 
notice that like it's a lot more this year. I never. It's probably that every year. I think the everything. companies do all this stuff. I mean, oh, yo, the, companies, the wokeness that's happened right now. It's dude. Companies are gonna do whatever allows them to have the most grace with society, right? Make the most money. Everything is calculated for them. I mean, totally understandable, and I don't hate that. That I don't hate that. But my thing is like, I maybe I wasn't paying attention. I do understand. Like Devin was telling me, like, oh, it's Pride Parade. Like I know about Pride Parade. I didn't know about Pride Month, and I, I'm clearly ignorant on this. But it seemed like it was something that people were looking forward to. 10 months ago and they were preparing they got cars yeah i saw pizza hut change this whole thing to rainbows and stuff i'm like yo bro what when what happened like i knew i knew I, and i think you're right i i've always known it to be pride week i didn't I know it was pride, pride month. weekend mm. i thought it was a yeah pride, no because uh, i know there was a bunch been pride month for a while guys. well I, and really? then now that i'm thinking about it it probably has been a month because there's different pride parades all throughout in different cities. Mm-hmm. I remember especially oh, when I was on throughout the, the month. Yeah, I, I thought so. it was just all year round. No, there's like oh. certain pride, and it's usually summertime right now. Where like there'll be a big one in New York, a big one in Philly, a big one in California. Like so, you know. And um, what was I had a point, but maybe it wasn't that important because I don't no. But I think the um, representation is awesome. I didn't know the Dodgers had a pride game. Did you know about that? I, get, I didn't know anything That's about awesome. Pride. Did you know that Dodgers always had a Pride game? No, I didn't. Yeah, know I didn't know that either. But yeah, they just had it. I guess on Friday. What did they do in it? Huh? What did they do? It's in just the game? Me- like it's just a, their Pride game. So it's just like geared towards Pride. Uh, Pride it's like month. when they have um, Jackie Robinson Day. Exactly. Everybody, the wear, same thing. everybody wears forty-two. Everybody wears the number forty-two. Everybody, yeah, it's, and it's fun because uh, it's good. Like you know, one of my coworkers is a baseball fan. He's also gay, so like for him, it was a big event. Like him and all of his like friends, they got tickets for it to go, and you know, it was a it, it was a good thing. I didn't know that that people specifically like had no circled clue. this game to go because of it was a pride mm-hmm. Pride Day game, and then um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. What what? I would like to know, like, how things get to where they are. This month has been, sorry, this year has been the first year that a lot of companies and stuff are showing their support I outright. Um, but as far as just Pride Month in general, it's been a thing for a while. Did you hear about um, Cat Williams talking about cancel culture? Yeah. Kind of a dumb take. You think so? Yeah, I do. So you believe that there is a cancel culture? No, I the uh, the dumb part about the take is where he says the. If, Why don't you explain the take and then sure. So uh, for those who didn't hear it, Cat William ultimately says that there is and there isn't a cancel culture because the thing is there is nobody that has gotten canceled that we don't have anymore unless they truthfully deserved it and you're not removed from being able to say words anymore you could say whatever you want but you just have to deal with the repercussions that come with it right however as a comedian you want to um appeal and you want to appease to the largest audience possible so if that means you can't say certain things that upset that audience then so be it you should be able to be funny while taking into into consideration how these people feel about specific words phrases and terms that's a good explanation i think so okay so the part that i i 
I, I think like a, there's a couple issues with that. The first thing is he says if you lower the basketball court or basketball rim, then people everybody would say that they'd be able to make it into the NBA. And it's like that has nothing to do with cancel culture. It, it's not even a that doesn't even mean anything because no one is saying that because you're cancelable, uh, you can be a comedian now. Like it just doesn't mix or match. The other part about that is like. He says, you want to appeal to the largest audience possible. And now me, as a filthy capitalist, I say, yeah, mm-hmm. right? But there is that art side of comedy that makes you you. Mm-hmm. That makes you a value proposition to a specific audience. Not everybody is made to speak to everyone. Even Kevin Hart is not made to speak to everyone. Right. Jerry Seinfeld is not made to speak to the largest audience. He's supposed to speak to his audience. Right. And for me, in comedy, when I go and watch comedy, like I I heard this one guy who he had a real wild take about gay people. And he had a real wild wild take about black people all in the same set. And for me, I did not leave there huffing and puffing because I know I went to a comedy show. Right. And in a comedy show, these guys who are typically like the most tormented people, they're taking the worst possible things and they are make trying to make them funny. And it has to appeal to their audience. So for me, like when he said the black joke and he said the gay joke and he had these weird like thoughts about it i was just like well let me just take a second and figure out like who is he talking to is he talking to me am i supposed to laugh about this and yeah he's like trying to do that and for the people that didn't like it they don't like it and guess what don't go back to his show right you know what i'm saying and he's not trying to appeal to the largest audience he's just talking to that specific group of people that makes sense so that's why to me like I thought that Cat William had a real great way of speaking in that uh, conversation with Joe. And he has a natural way of just, you know, when he speaks, he sounds very intelligent and he sounds great and he sounds good. But Cat Williams is not a person who follows the rules. You know, he's had plenty of incidents where he's he should have been canceled. Right. You know, and he wasn't. So it's like, are you not funny because... You've gone through these situations and you were not canceled. So it's like, okay, I don't know if it's a messenger problem or if that even makes sense. Because ultimately, Seth, Seth Rogen said the same thing two weeks ago. And I just said, that sounds stupid, too. So I got a, a different take on that. So I I kind of agreed with when he said that there's not really a cancel culture. Yes. That we've not, who is the person that we've lost that where we we're like missing mm-hmm. through cancel culture. And the truth is like who got canceled that we're really like, dang, like we're missing that person. The only people that like really have gotten canceled, you know, Bill Cosby, R Kelly, like, but we're, they're canceled for reasons that Dude we're just like, Seinfeld. yeah, we we're just like, yeah. Like, I mean, they were, people stopped uh, supporting them because of whatever reasons that they stopped supporting. I don't think it was like necessarily unjustified. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think like Bill Burr kind of makes the same similar type of sentiments when people are like, how do you feel about people being upset about this joke? His, he always answers the same way. He's like, who's upset? 
And then they're like, well, you know, people. And then he's like, no, it's like one blogger on the Internet that, you know, s- said it. It's not everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we give it more power than mm-hmm. it actually is. So when when Cat Williams says there isn't really a castle culture, which I agree with, it's just, you know, society and norms have changed. And it's up to the comedian to be able to still be funny in the whatever the way that um, society is deeming it to be at the end of the day, like, and when you say, well, Cat Williams has done things against the lines and that's what Cat Williams is saying is like, you can still say whatever it is that you want. You just have to deal with the repercussions. Now his point is also, if you're funny enough, if you're talented enough, no matter what these guys throw at you, you'll still be able to survive. You'll still be able to make money. You'll still be able to be on top. And that's where I I'm like, when people are like, well, Cat Williams is not the most clean um, comedian. He's always saying things that, you know, got him canceled or people. And he's saying, no, they've tried to cancel me. I'm speaking from experience of people trying to cancel me for whatever. And sometimes I had to change the things that I said. And it made me think about that. Other times it's like, you know, I just deal with the repercussions, but I'm still here. And so Dave Chappelle that could still make trans jokes, even though like, you know, the trans community keeps coming after him. He's talented enough to still be able to do that. Still be able to sell out arenas still be able to make specials that people are gonna you know purchase and watch and so on and so forth so i agree with him as far as like cancel culture is more like the attempt to cancel but if you're truly like talented enough truly like strong enough if you're truly like i guess the truth you're not gonna get canceled you're going to just have to mm-hmm. deal with it. And most people, whenever they try to attempt to cancel somebody that doesn't have like a justified reason, those people end up making more money because of the attempt to cancel them. Yeah, versus well, for like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Versus, you know, people that are justifiably need to be get the fuck out of here because, you know, they raped somebody or they like, right. you know, committed and, a crime. And or whatever people it is. still I don't know if people remember this, but when Bill Cosby went on a comedy tour before he went to prison. And people were saying, "Oh yeah, Kelly people too. Were My, <laughs> The thing is, like, the thing that I, I, I just um, didn't agree with is the is the part where he said, "If you have to say those things, you then you probably weren't funny in the first place." And it's like, I don't think so. I, I think that everybody has their own language, how they say things, right? What what makes sense to them? What makes sense to their audience? Because I, I keep saying it, it's not about the biggest audience. It's not about who can have the largest draw. Um, if you have a consistent group of people who just jive with you, they are going to make you successful. Right. They're going to make you rich. Yes, cancel culture, I don't necessarily think is a real thing. I remember having this conversation with Lewis years ago where I was like, they ain't no real thing. It's people on Twitter getting upset and that's it. Um, and And... There is nobody who's really gotten canceled. You know, there are some people in the acting world. Maybe they lost their agent. They lost the show. They lost this. They lost that. Mm -hmm. But like they're still able to figure it out. Right. You know, with some time. Um, Like that dude that lost his job at Saturday Night Live because he made the Asian joke. Um, I forget the dude's name, but he's still, you know, touring. He still has a podcast and stuff like that. Obviously, that sucks that he lost his Saturday Night Live. Asian joke? Yeah. I think he said, you know, something, you know, uh, some he had an Asian joke that he did on somebody's podcast where he used the C word that rhymes with Sphinx. Oh. 
So um, look at me not even knowing to cancel award. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm mean, and so it does happen where like <laughs> certain people, like you said, lose their job, especially, and that's more in Hollywood. I would say where it's yeah, like, like where you have a boss. Yeah, and know? it's more, uh, let's say, social justice on you know higher level where versus you know just regular corporate America or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but um, but I do think that you know it. It things have changed. Like I mean, I was at my job. I work for a big corporation, and they it, one of the trainings that they said they stated that you know your social if you are caught saying something on social media, you can lose your job for it. For sure, that doesn't um, mesh with you know the corporate values or whatever the case sure. may be. So I don't think that was the norm. Like that wasn't something that was yeah. spoken about. So I think that's also because social media has become such a big thing yeah. now that um, it's so accessible. Yeah, I mean, Chris Rock kind of said the opposite where he was like, it does make his job a little harder. And I think that like Tambourine was just so not funny. And he's my favorite comedian of all time. Mm -hmm. You could see that these guys actually think about that and they want to consider it. But at the same time, like comedians are naturally supposed to be the people that push the envelope. Right. If you know you can't take it, don't go. Go watch Kevin James, he's a clean stand-up comic. Yeah. Like, do your little bit of research before you go. But if you know this is like a backroom bar type conversation where you cannot handle that, then I don't know if that's on the comedian. Right. Just like when Drake smashed that girl who was uh, with the dude, like, that ain't Drake's fault. Like, she could have just said no. Drake smashed the girl with some dude? Oh, you remember she was with a guy? So... All right, he flew a girl in to sing on his album. Mm-hmm. She was with her fiance for eight years. He actually like rapped about it on that Seeing Green song. And he took the girl back to the hotel. And he knocked it down. And then the guy is like a Kempo fighter or something. He was like, I'm training to beat Drake up. And he made like an anger song about it. It's like, that's not Drake's fault. Yeah. That's your girl's fault. Like, what he saved he? you. Facts. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so it's like. It's that type of thing where it's like it's always pointing the finger at somebody else, you know, but I will tell you guys this before like we actually end. So I saw this post on Instagram this morning. Okay. And it was this girl that I used to talk to like five or six years ago. Okay. And um, she she looks very good. Like she looks amazing. So I I I. I re- react to one of her pictures. I like sent a little like 100. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. She was like, oh, thank you so much. I can't believe you noticed. And I was like, what? Yeah, I noticed. And she was like, well, I was like, well, <laughs> well, what? Now, guess what? Guess whose voices I have in the front of my head? That one girl when he said hers, but also y'all's. Oh, okay. Because she goes, well, aren't you going to say something about what's obvious? And I'm like. <laughs> Look, I was about you, no. you could compliment her. <laughs> she goes, I lost 60 pounds. You're not going to say you lost weight. You look really good. I was like, I don't want to say anything about anybody's weight. <laughs> Nah, I'm nah, called out. Gonna say, oh, you know, you look, yeah. Just don't be like, oh, no, you <laughs> like we're doing facial gestures and monkey noises. <laughs> he said, "Dang, your belly monkey." Like, oh, <laughs> right when I said it out of my mouth, I was like, "Here we go, you're about to lose your job." I am. I am. <laughs> no, uh, no. She said that she was like, "You're not even gonna say anything." I was like, "I don't want to say anything." 
weight thing. I don't say anything about people's weight anymore. I only criticize men now. She was like, tell me I look good because I lost weight. I was like, you look good. I lost weight. <laughs> but you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't say it. <laughs> I went into work and my manager, um, I was like, I was like, wow, you look really good. It looks like you've lost some weight. She's like, thank you. I've been really trying. Well, I put a post up on uh, on the uh, Men on the Internet podcast uh-huh. Instagram, and overwhelmingly, the people who listened to the podcast and voted said, I didn't say anything wrong. And it was not only men. It wasn't just Sam Barnett. Yeah. <laughs> It was a no, lot of there was a lot of women who were just like you didn't say anything wrong. She just took it like a certain right. way. And actually, one girl, one woman, DM'd me and she was like, "I was just like that in my twenties." And she was like, "Even with the like monkey sounds and whatever you did, like you had clear intentions of trying to lift somebody up." And she was like, "I was like that where I was just kind of like," and she was like, "Once I hit my mid thirties and I was more like." In control of myself That's when I realized Damn I was mean To a lot of people For no good reason And I was like I'm about to monkey sound All over the place Hell now. yeah Because I said it Remember I said That's a her problem That's not a you problem Yeah but then you guys Went in on me no, So now because I can't say I, nothing The whole like <laughs> I said I Because I remember When some somebody That gave me feedback Was like dang You went hard at Chris Because he wasn't saying What you were saying And I was like Well I took it That we aren't allowed to compliment women on their weight or that they've lost weight and all that kind of, which i think is not right but it i think your compliment was just weird is what i said like it wasn't like wow you're fit you look you could really tell that you've lost life it was like you know your face hmm. i don't yeah, want, like, i didn't want to say well, we're not gonna go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> don't reopen the, the reopen but that's all i'm saying she was like down. she was like compliment me on my weight loss yeah, and i was know. like I think more people would be happy about it. I've never had that issue where I've complimented a girl and she got upset about the compliment the way that that girl did. So that's why I was saying I think it's more of that girl's issue than what you actually were doing. Mm. All but right. I do think that that compliment was weird that you tried to make. <laughs> you could have done it in a it just less made, weird way. I'm a weird person. If you, I know. I know. It can't be helped. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really can't. Helped. I like. If I if I became normal, nobody would jive with me. Yeah, see, he says the word jive. Who uses jive? Are you from nineteen seventy seven? We jiving. Oh god, we jiving. Yo, you guys want to play some music? No, we're not allowed to. <laughs> What's the point if it doesn't ever make the air? Like we it, just it makes, well, no, it's because you watch the YouTube. Version. Yeah, you can't uh, use the YouTube on YouTube. You can't use it on YouTube, but we do play it on. Uh, you don't listen that's to funny. the. He don't listen to the scream. Yeah, actual. I don't listen to the. He don't listen to the scream. Damn. All right. Well, then I said we man. Anybody else got anything to say? I'm all good. Chris, yeah. I thought you had some stories that you were about to tell us. Oh, I was just gonna say I was in Chicago last week. And uh, my first time in Chicago ever, they put me in a hotel in Naperville. And I'm slacking a co-worker because I'm going to go see him in Chicago. He lives in Chicago and filming his um, his uh, his work. <clears throat> so uh, I'm on the plane to from Dallas to Chicago. He messages me. He's like, hey, man, where'd they put you up? I was like, oh, yeah, they put me in this uh, hotel called Naperville. Oh, in Naperville? I don't know where that is. He goes, oh, bro, Naperville sucks. And then I had to get on the plane and turn my phone off. 
I was like, what you mean Naperville sucks? What am I looking for here? <laughs> I was going to check my back every time I'm getting Naperville. What's going on? I get to Naperville. I'm like, this place bougie as hell. What it's you talking about? It's super rich over there. And so I go to see him the next day, and he's like, yeah, it's just bougie. It's douchey. You should have just been in the city the whole time. I was like, oh, okay, man. You're freaking me out the whole time. But it was, it was a cool setup. Chris ain't tell you the real story. What's the real, real story? story? All right, so. Anytime, anytime Kelby starts the story with. All right, so. <laughs> all right, so. <laughs> That's when you know nothing's going to be true about Thank what goes on. Thank you very much. You're starting to see what I see. <laughs> That's why you I don't take half the shit that he says seriously. This is on All right, so. No, oh, okay, this ain't a real story. You don't want to hear the story of how Chris was telling me he went to O-Block? Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, before you go into the story, yeah, I'm I saw this. Um, I'm going to give him a compliment. This Yo, you dude, been losing weight? This, this dude know. from the. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're, the more I listen to your stories, the more I realize why you do like the Migos. Because your stories and the Migos, like, if we just put a beat on, it would be the same thing. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> this dude from, uh, I guess, the UK flew out to Chicago and then went to Oblock. You yeah. saw that? Saw and that. he was, like, crying because he made it out to Oblock. <laughs> like, what? It, how, like, crazy is. Uh, Hip hop that they made O Block like a uh, a destination like yeah yeah I love it I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't get shot but you know what that's what's up you would have been like I got shot at O Block <laughs> this is the best day of my life actually he would have he would have said bruv I got shot I got shot at O Block bruv these bad men. <laughs> These road man just jumped up my mate. Mine shot with- me in the leg. <laughs> now he's Toronto. Oh. Toronto, UK. Oh, oh, no, nah, man, man's is UK too. Man's. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's a road man. Yeah, no, 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 You're not a bad man. Nah, Chris told me he was, he told me about 2 a.m. Oh, what happened? He told me at 2 a.m. All right, like, so what happened? He was like, yo, what's the address to open? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I, I couldn't like, Google it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Google was like, "Oh, block." Oh, block. <laughs> what is Listen that? Here. <laughs> Stay in Naperville. <laughs> he was like, he was like, "Yo, don't tell, don't tell Jessica." <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Yo, his whisper had a whisper on that one. You even looked in that <laughs> Jessica <laughs> direction. <laughs> I did not lie. Let me stop now. Let me stop now because the rest is illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah, illegal. Yeah. Stay tuned for next week yeah, on, man, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was one. I couldn't know exactly the strip club story. <laughs> Yo, this this Kelby voice is hilarious to me. The one that's like a roller coaster, like yeah. Chris out here, he was sniping him back there. Uh, I'm trying to right he was out there. Chris was sniping him. He was like, he was like I met somebody on Twitter. I was like, oh, snap. I didn't even know he used Twitter like that. I thought he didn't even have no avatar on there. What you know about that, Kill? What you know about that? He started down here. You know what I mean? She was like, you coming through? And he was like, he was like, where you live at? She was like, oh, blah. And I was like, I'm. Chris, Chris started. He started lying too. He was like, "Man, I've been there ten times." Ten times. That's why he had to. That's why. Yeah, that's why he had to DM me. He oh, like, okay. He was like, "Yo, what's the address to Oblock?" Yeah, he DM because 
It's not like you have his phone number. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, yeah. yeah, he was. He, I was like, you were already on the app, so it was like more. I was slight. like, I was like, it's one block away. <laughs> From show, he was like that. So you were on P block. P block. You're not the N block. You sound like a native Chicagoan. <laughs> Yo, so <laughs> he said he's one block away. Yo, what? what? What is so bad about the people on the N block and the um? OP block that they couldn't get one rapper to really shout out their blocks. <laughs> like, like, every, like, why is it only What's O wrong block? With the rest like, of the like N block didn't have N block couldn't ca- catch the wave when Chief Keef was doing his thing. Like, we couldn't nah. get one person on N block to really nah, throw out the Dirk N block. Was like, now nah, we ain't doing that. Nah, it's just O block. I mean, huh? Right, Chris. <laughs> Chris went over there They shot the tires up uh, They had right. him doing push ups Like Justin Bieber On his Uber The Uber <laughs> tires are You remember out? when Justin Bieber Had to do them push ups <laughs> wow. They had Chris up in the huge They were like Who, who you here to see bro? And Chris was like Time uh, Had him doing them push ups On O-Block yeah, he had to call me. I had to talk to him on speakerphone. Anyway. He said blood. Like, he using Cali gangs out there in Chicago. They got that. Man, they got the... GDs? <laughs> yeah, they got... Yeah, let me get on that. <laughs> you think I don't know? No, I know you know. You think I don't know? Hmm. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway. <laughs> this has been... Memorable. If you're done. <laughs> it's been a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Conganas. Hey, Conganas. The truth is, hey, Chris was in Naperville around a whole bunch of white people. <laughs> yeah, they were like, the, stay away from Napoleon. I'll tell you that, Bucko. <laughs> no. What's the story? Uh, the story you were telling me about the, uh, the nurse in your, in your shirt. Okay. So, I go to the doctor. Because I'm a little bit hurt. I got into a car accident. You good? I'm fine. Okay. So I got. I, I'm a little jazzed up from the car car accident. So I went to the doctor to get some things checked out. You know, yada yada yada. And so <clears throat> I'm wearing a Kagana shirt. Shout out. I worked on the music video day. What was my title that day? I think I was like BTS photographer or something yeah. like that. So. Kaganas is <laughs> why he had to suck his teeth in. <laughs> That's whenever he tells any story. This is a real story. You ever hear this, this one a- when Kelby's talking? He goes, "Okay, so." <laughs> 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 All right, so so Kaganas, Kaganas pizza red. Nah, that's, I don't even that's know if this is a real story is, anymore. That's, 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 that's a real story. That's some. <laughs> this is Sabalos' production company, media company. Yeah. Right. So I go to the doctor's office. And so, you know, we talking. The doctor, he was like kind of <laughs> interesting. He was talking to me. He was like, yo, you like porn? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, the hell? <laughs> and he was like, they use my my house for porn all the time and stuff. I was like, yo, bro, just fix my back, yeah. bro. Just fix, and just, don't blow it out. Just yeah. fix my back for me. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in the office. They come in. And one nurse comes in. And she goes, I like your shirt. And the other nurse, like, right behind she was like, I was trying to figure out what it said. Because I was wearing a Kagana shirt. And so, and so she was like, "It says Conganas," and everybody in the office kind of in unison. They turned around. And there was like, "Oh, Conganas!" Hey. It was like eight people all uh, like in unison, and then they all kind of drizzled with Conganas, yeah, Conganas. All Hispanic? Conga. No, it was like an Asian dude, uh, 
the women were all Hispanic, but the doctor was white. Everybody, hey, they would just like go. That's what I like to hear. And I was just like, I was like, that's so. That was like the weirdest <laughs> thing because everybody was just like, yeah, yes. All right, back to work. That's <laughs> exactly what I want. Yeah, yeah. that should be so your promo exactly commercial. It. Nobody said. Oh, nobody right, said. Anyway. What is it? In fact, it was funny because one nurse, like I think she was the only white girl. She was like, "What does that mean?" And so, and they were just like, "This means can go." You don't know, stupid. It kept on working. She was like, oh. yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, so Congonis is going crazy on the charts. I'll tell you that. Dude, the streets, the streets, the streets, oh, the streets, streets is talking. talking. Yeah, they, I'm all about it. They, 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 they got a like couple of words for Cagayna's Pizzeria. Cagayna's Pizzeria. What could a Cagayna's Pizzeria? What you want? What could I get you? You like a chain pacer? Yeah, you want some chorizo? Yeah. For, for that, for <laughs> the first uh, pizzeria is going to be our O-Block. <laughs> oh, Not in black. It's a or P black. It's a rap. <laughs> Only O black. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so you had fun at O block. It was fun. Chicago's awesome. All right. Cool. All right. That's it. That's the show. Anybody else? Yeah. You good? All right. Goodbye. Later. <laughs> <laughs> okay.